Uh, hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Kelly Williams. Our guy is going to go to uh, Can I Kick It for our guy. Uh, we're trading. Right now we're trading, uh, you know. 1-1-1. Yeah, our guy for your guy. Yeah. One, two. <laughs> Don't say my guy. It doesn't guy. work like that. It's not my guy. Yeah. Not my guy. Yeah. yeah. He should have said one, when that five for like the when he's talking about that other insurance or the person representing the people in that accident and they're talking about that like five incidents mm-hmm. instead of saying one 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 he should have said one 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 like five like he should have said <laughs> one five times I feel like that would have really made sense because then that's he, not out of bounds for the Cohen brothers <laughs> no yeah you're right yeah. is this I guess this is technically Hank's second Cohen brothers project after Lady Killers. After Lady Killers, yeah. isn't that a funny thing to think about? Has the second yeah. script, the second Coen Brothers script he's ever acted with? Sure, I've never seen Lady Killers. Killers. Famously, it is the bad ne- Coen Brothers movie. I haven't um, seen it either. That's the only the Coen I haven't it's, seen. It's uh, there is like a baseline of like just like stuff to like in it because it's a Coen Brothers movie, but it's also their worst movie. Yeah. It's just like, like objectively, it, they're worse. Yeah, there are just aspects of where they're just stretching, where I just don't think they know how to stretch there. And I'll leave it at that. I guess is what I'll say sure. about Lady Killers. I wonder uh, if you yeah. went up to them and asked them what happened with Lady Killers. How either if they were like, "What are you talking about?" or like, "Yeah, it didn't really work out." Like how? Oh, like what would their reaction? I'm sure they'd have sort of a rehearsed, like sort of di- like. Hey, sometimes like a, like work sometimes out. We yeah. All try our best. Well, yeah 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 like something where they it's like not that exciting. Like guys who like think back on their projects. At times. Yes, like yes. who like reflect on things in that way. Yeah, like they would talk about the original film and how much they love it, and like working with Tom Hanks or something like that. Well, like I guess personally, I don't know if they do. I think they just they're good at avoiding questions. So sure. I don't think anybody has ever oh. asked them. Right. So that, yeah. Maybe they have like they, probably yeah, they don't really do press. Yeah. on this is the main thing. No. <laughs> I'm not not the most the exciting street. interview. Yeah. Well, I guess I couldn't see both of them anymore. They're you know separated. They're going through a divorce, <laughs> so I can only I together. can only. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, they, they are yeah, rumored. That's the rumor. Oh, yeah. rumor yeah. that yeah. Ethan's gonna make right. two more of his like queer crime films, but also they're gonna to. get back together. Uh, you know, and the TMZ off. report this. I'm only imagining now, no, like those it was, pop, it, like proper. It was like the poster or something. It was not much better. Right, right. TMZ. Really grainy. Like <laughs> no, he gave. It was a based off a quote he gave to Empire, where he was uh, just sure. like, "No, nah, we're not broken up. We just wanted to do a different thing right now, but we'll make another movie again like yeah. someday." Yeah. Well, what if I called you a liar, Joel? Or was Ethan? <laughs> I don't know which one. Said that. I think it was Ethan. It was Ethan. Yeah. Well, what if I called Ethan you a liar, movie? Ethan, and said you're full of bull? Huh? It, it it is very funny how diff how different of a movie both of them make on their own. Yeah. Right. One, one right. of them's the funny yeah. one, and the other one's the cool one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Today we have Bridge of Spies, uh, one that that we think is probably aged much more, much better than than when like how it was received at the time. Like it was like sort of a pass at the time. Right? I mean, and there's like know, kind of a shrug, and then it got nominated it got for best noms. picture. Like, it got, yeah, <laughs> it, it made money. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It did all right, but like, I, I think it's people were not like, like burning down the and... door to be like, <laughs> oh my god, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But didn't um, War Horse also get nominated for Best Picture? War Horse like, is a great film. So yeah, okay, but good. like, all right, well, but like a movie that does not have any like real cultural impact. Yeah, sure. I mean, right. Well, so I mean, I'm. Sh- have you talked about other Spielberg movies on this podcast? We. We've done Lincoln, okay. and what's funny is that Clay wasn't here with me when sure. we did Lincoln, and I and I and I w- was thinking about it today. Yeah. Like I think the same about Lincoln that I think about Bridge of Spies. I, that yeah. it like did well, made money, did it well like like at the Oscars, sure. but I, Oscar. but like it's grown it's grown on me like more. Uh, and also sure. Bridge of Spies went on. Yes, like, there yeah. right. So this right this like the story of Spielberg's 2010s, I suppose. Right is like. He makes, like, a bunch of, like, big audience plays that are, like, classic Spielberg movies that, like, don't really connect and don't get much of any attention, like... And are bad. Like, the BFG and um, Ready Ready Player One. Uh, But also, uh, he makes all these, like, these, you know, he becomes dad movie central, right? He becomes, like, I'm gonna make these historical quiet dramas of, like, people talking in rooms or whatever that are uh, Lincoln... Uh, Bridge of Spies and The Post are like the the dad trilogy, right? Um, uh, the the civics trilogy, um, and like <laughs> I think they all are great. They all yeah. were warmly enough received to like get a few Oscar nominations and maybe even win one or two. But like he is just now so taken for granted that right. like it does I, not. That's a better phrase. It does what? not big. Yeah. That's a sure. Yeah. They're, I mean, right, you, you know, they're, they're never, like, super, I guess, you know, Fablemans was thought of as a threat to win for a while, which was a problem for it, yeah. ultimately, in the end, uh, because it then, like, really busted uh, when it didn't make any money, but, um, well, not there was so much more fanfare with the Fablemans than sure. any of his movies recently. There was so mm-hmm. much, like, I, and maybe this is just personally with my circle, but, I, people were going gaga for that movie. And I haven't seen it, which is fucking crazy, but I don't know. Well, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. Um, to see, I it, to see I, it, I understand. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, but I re- but that movie, I was I saw so much more enthusiasm for that movie than I've seen for any of his movies uh, in the last, like, seven years. Sure. Okay, well, I guess West Side Story a little bit, too. But Fablemans seemed, like, pretty... Everyone was just like, I mean, holy shit! So, yeah, I mean, like, Lincoln was, like, a big deal. Like, it, like, it was, like, the number, it was, like, the number two that year. Like, it was that and Argo, I feel like, were, like, the, 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 that was the horse race for, like, the Oscars, I, I got the sense Mm of, uh, at the time. And, like, uh, and it was, like, you know, that also movie that had been in the works forever, it was, like, you know, this, like, Spielberg's, like, it was, the first major movie about Abraham Lincoln in a very long time. Like it had like a lot going yeah. for it. That movie was like a huge hit too. That movie played like a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and then like, yeah, I guess it like, I guess it was number two. This is a weird list of movies. I think there's a lot of, it could have been any of these movies really. I think. Sure. I, I think, I think for me, I only said that like, like the dad civics history course, trilogy yeah. that Andy mentions I I think of as as like taken for granted as well and it's he makes it so effortless mm-hmm. um that that it it's it's not like th- it's weird I just I have such a more 
uh, admiration for them when I first saw all three. Yeah. Then like covering them for this. Sure. And we've yet to do the post, but like I'm, I think I would have the same reaction to yeah. this one and in Lincoln and like well, I love should be committed. What for I, it. I love uh, catching like the post on cable. That's a great like catch yeah, it on right. cable. Yeah, that's a great cable like, film. Watch yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of great like tv actors like knock it out of the park for a few mm-hmm. scenes and then like then you have to go or whatever what like, i do remember from the post pretty clearly is like he gives the same uh character introduction that he does to hanks in this where it's like this is a goddamn movie star and the best actor that's ever lived and my camera is gonna like announce it yeah, this- properly we are gonna put a pin in bridges spy stock for a minute and Try to get to learn Emilio and Andy from Can I Kick It Pod, who are joining us today. Whenever we have a first-time guest with Uh us, we like to learn about how you fell in love with film and sort of like your gateway into cinema and your journey. How how you how you your your feeblemans, if you shall, right? Right. Uh, If uh, you will, I I certainly. I am no Sammy. Can I get sweatier? I'm not. With this, this. yeah. I cannot claim to. Did you hop skip into uh, Paramount Pictures? I did not. Uh, No, never, never met any anyone of any note on a on a movie (laughs) lot. Um, I guess I can go first because I'm already talking. Uh, Yeah. uh, So I, I mean, like, so I'm a big. I was a big theater kid and still like work in theater. I work at um at 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 a regional theater right now. Uh, my 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 I went to college for educational theater, so I like was thinking I would be a theater teacher, um, and so like you know that is a very natural gateway into like oh the, like the play or the musical I like is gonna get a movie, and so like I really became very you know there were certainly movies like you know Chicago was like the first big one for me where it was like an adult movie that I was like super pumped about coming out and trying to see and had a whole thing where, like, I had to convince my parents to let me see it because I was not yet 13 when it came out. I was, like, about to turn 13, uh, and it was a PG-13 movie. Um, And then from there, like, Spielberg was actually, like, I think the first adult movies I saw, one of the first adult movies I saw in theaters was Catch Me If You Can. Um, That was one of the first ones that I remember being, like, oh, wow, like, this is a movie that, like, is not animated for kids or whatever. Like, it's not a Pixar movie, and, like, I'm I'm seeing it at this theater and like I'm here with my dad and and I'm like really like following it and I'm like maybe getting a little upset when that one um when that one uh, uh when the actual substitute gets confused as to why uh uh Leo's teaching her class. Uh, I I remember being like that's a little too mean to her. Um but uh, uh so it was it was that sort of thing and then like I never like we didn't go to the movies a t- like it was definitely a thing we did but it was not, like, a thing that, like, I, like, didn't spend all my free time going to the movies or anything until, like, when I went to college. I went to NYU, which has, like, so much film available to me. And I remember starting to make a point of trying to catch all the Best Picture nominees from the Oscars. Um, and, so, and, like, it was the sort of thing where I discovered, like, oh, this is playing at the movie theater that is, like, literally, like... Uh, down the block and around the corner from me like I can just like if I leave right now I can make the screening that starts in like three minutes um with time to spare so I sort of started getting into movies sort of that way like very like very awards based lens I would say um always love to have opinions about what should win awards um (laughs) and then yeah from there you know it just sort of transitioned into like just you know I I was pretty big into podcasts pretty early on and like I 
TV Guide Talk was a big early podcast for me, and they had like a mm-hmm. movie critic segment at the end of that every week. So I remember hearing about a lot of like, remember hearing like that critic be like very dismissive of like of um, uh, the the Darjeeling Limited and like being like, ooh, like people have like strong opinions about these things, uh, that sort of thing, um, and like yeah, sort of got into you know TV and movie podcasts and stuff, and that sort of is is the path that that. And then, and then, yeah, went to went went to the Toronto Film Festival for the first time, which is where my story starts to intersect with Emilio's, because we that was where we met in person. Uh, we you know we became friends online, and like that is what led me to the specific like range of film that I now am duty bound to take an interest in because of the podcast that I do, where it is more uh, esoteric or, or sometimes or or yeah, but I mean, you know, still a wide range of types of films, but like often looking at stuff that is like not mainstream at all um uh for as as we cover film festivals on on our podcast yeah i don't know that my story is that interest i feel like it's fairly normal like you know my parents went to the video store and just like would rent movies when i would grow up you know i would have some hand in picking like what i wanted to watch then i think like it's so it's almost a cringy thing to say, but it's like yeah, I went to the theater in two thousand and eight and I saw The Dark Knight and I was like wow, I was like really like eleven year old me was really like blown away by the power of cinema and I was like this stuff is great I need to go to the theater as much as possible to just watch stuff mostly superhero stuff but like Andy I think like it was like the ten twenty ten Oscars for the like movies of oh nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Hard year. What did that? No. Avatar. Then. Yeah. No, no, no. Then it was eleven for the movie of ten. I okay. remember. I remember going and renting a bunch of the movies. Sure. Was it? Wait. That's like now social network, to... is it not? Or no? Yeah, social network year. Yeah. I, I get year. No. What, what year is Inglorious Bastards? That was that was two thousand nine. Yeah, then yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, it was that year. I remember going and yeah, renting a that bunch, was a bunch of what? those movies. Up in the air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why is that? Why did that come to mind first? Uh, it's a great film. Yeah, That's why. <laughs> no, we can't start talking about Jason Wright. Uh, Happy Andy. Labor Day, uh, everybody. <laughs> this is not coming out in Labor Day. You goose. Ev- <laughs> you moron. Hey, listen, this is an episode for men, women, and children. Let's get that started. Oh, fuck uh, you. Tully. This is good. So I would rent some movies. I, I guess it was just like, yeah intermittently i would hey get come on we're all young adults all right, here let's right. get oh it all right all right, all right all some right. younger than others uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it was like intermittently i would get very interested in, in film and watching just like some stuff in theaters would rent other stuff like andy i weirdly got into podcasts at an early age so i would listen to different places talk about different movies so i would just uh i got into it through that and then like late 2010s I, you know, I met people online and we would talk about movies and that's how I sort of began the process of getting too deep into film and becoming pretentious and annoying like I am now. (laughs) And that is uh, (laughs) when, so I like went to the Toronto Film Festival in 2018, met Andy, met 
some of our other co- I mean I guess all, both of our other co-hosts yes. were all there among other people that is that Toronto is sort of our origin story of the podcast and from Seeing then Gloria it started Bell. yeah Gloria Bell yeah wow how beautiful of a of a of a film to it culminate it's a very important movie for me now but, but partly because of that yes <laughs> <It's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have i have not seen it since but i do have it, it, it's like legit one of the best screenings i'd ever been to in my life yeah. it was like a screening of gloria bell that was like 80 percent 40 year old divorce right woman. it's a perfect it was, tip movie. <laughs> perfect movie that's a great movie yeah. i think it's a great movie uh, so yeah, so now we we just do the podcast. We talk about weird films. Some of us are more into it than than other of us. <laughs> some of us uh, are in it for the movies. Some of us are in it for the friendship. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> some of us are in there just for clout. Some of us are in there just to travel. You know, that's all. That's all four of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah but... <laughs> now you can decide who's in it for what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. now we're on this podcast. A very strange configuration of people on the pod just me and (laughs) me and andy very who i guess we have some taste overlap which i guess bridges buys it is part of but i i guess i i think certainly i'm not like oh i loved this movie emilio is also gonna love it like that's not like an automatic at all certainly yeah for sure andy is more into this movie than i am but i also do think it is very good yeah and it's good that you're not like uh, I'm anti Bridge of Spies. Like no. this is all Andy's doing. This yeah. this movie, especially watching it on this uh, pass, is a lot like uh, I feel like a, with a lot of Spielberg movies this way, where I'm just like, he's maybe the best at directing movies that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that translates into making my favorite movies, but right, I, I, I just like the skill of directing. I don't know Certainly, that anybody. Yeah. Has like, been the more, most naturally the guy, right, gifted. The guy who knows yeah. where to put the camera, like the <laughs> right, right. I mean, we'll get the, in. the guy who's the best at blocking. Like I was, I was that listening to this to, man, interview with the post is also the, the talk. Try and put that. Anyway, oh yeah, continue, definitely. Continue. They, there was an interview with him and Marty Scorsese, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll just sort of walk onto set mm-hmm. and I'll say like I'll put the camera there, put the actors here, mm-hmm. tell Janusz to light." here and it's just like you just kind of right. <laughs> like i'll just get there early in the morning and just it's not yeah. storyboard right. <laughs> like it show it shows like everyone does have their yeah their, their special method skill. but yeah but it's like he is just he i mean it's 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 um you know framed as a, cor- a curse a little bit in the fable events but it's just like you right. know this is just another great example right. it's how of, he sees the world of your, for of your prowess for yeah, yeah right right mm-hmm. exactly um, but yeah, you know, it, I didn't think about that though. It's like if we, cause we've had Colin and Jesse on your, your other co-host before, but yes. I, I do wonder if, if we had all four of you guys, like what, Hopefully. what would be the over, that, like that would, that would be a Robert mean, Altman movie. First of all. Sure. But, yeah. It's just, certainly yeah. people have had all four of us on a guest and it has killed that podcast. Oh, so, uh, really? yeah. it's, it's not wise to try that. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've had yeah. three. This makes, That's our max. Yeah. We've had three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done yeah. three, and that was that was interesting. But I do think um, it, it is it would be yeah. it is just interesting thinking of just like yeah, if two of us had to split off and talk about a movie, like where our intersections lie. Yeah. 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 Right. And uh, um, yeah, this movie's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie's good. Of course, like it fits with. Uh, you guys did this recently with that draft with um, the, since this was a New York Film Festival. 
uh, when you guys had David Simpson. Yes, the openers. Oh, yeah, we, we did the, We did. We did yeah, a the jury open, of yeah. the openers, which this was not. This was, was this a centerpiece mm-hmm. or was this just in the festival? I don't even remember. It's just uh, a, a, a gala screening where you have to pay extra to see the movie. <laughs> I don't see. It's so funny. Three, you know, in Jack, you're very much into the festival space as well. I, I don't want to say I couldn't care less, but it's sure. just something I never really went into. Yeah. I, you know, I also I, I pay attention to like the praise. Or, you know, you know, like the reaction to films, whether they clapped for a thousand minutes or whether they walked out two minutes in or whatever sure. the fuck. Like, I'll hear about that stuff and I'll yeah. kind of be like, oh, that's interesting. And I'll pay attention to what, like, critics say about certain films. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole ceremony of it, the jury selections, the jury themselves, it's all kind of foreign to me, mostly. Sure. And that's fine. Well, and, like, um, a lot of it, that stuff is, yeah. like, deliberately obscured a little bit by right. the fest. Like, there's, like, you know, they, they, like, have a grand announcement, and they're, like, these are the people on the jury, and they send out a press release or whatever. And then, like, there's an awards ceremony, and they're, like, the jury is deliberated, and they've decided on all the best things, and here are all the awards they're giving out. But, like, <laughs> no one is privy to, like, really what the conversation is or what the, what the, uh, what the, what the like, the jockeying process was at all. Right, um, right, right. You know, it's, yeah, it, it's certainly, like, it's, an, it's, it's, it's it's a it's a weird lens to view the movie world through. I think certainly. I mean, um, I'm fascinating with it. That, that's, yeah. that's like the, that's like our weird angle where I'm almost more into festival stuff than I am into movies. I, I just like right. weird. Well, it's an ecosystem. ecosystem. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a weird mm-hmm. ecosystem. Just like the way prestige is handed out, just to, like right. the certain things, just like the way certain things are positioned. Right, and I like, think. oh, the Palme d'Or is the most prestigious award a movie can win, like in the yeah. world, and like that is and, like that the is, politics of it all, and yeah, yeah. no, I mean that it's is, fascinating. That is like yeah. an interesting, like almost part of my story of getting into films. That I remember when yeah. middle school we had this lit English lit teacher who was like very into movies, and I remember him one day being like. Well, you know, I assume you know the Oscars, or if you don't, you like you are aware of the vague concept of the Oscars. But the Palm d'Or, that's like the right. real best movie <laughs> in the world because that's every movie in the world, and that's not that's just awesome. that's just like not American stuff, which is like yeah. sort of a weird way. Yeah. To, if, yeah. That's not fully accurate. No, obviously. it's it's very inaccurate. I would say there's there's only thirty movies every year or whatever that are eligible. He start like this teacher starting to write like Uncle Boon Me on the whiteboard or whatever. Like I, just I, the crazy yeah. thing is I don't even know it. It's like he even told us a movie that won the Palm. He just explained the Palm Door concept. Just explained right, the yeah. concept of the Palm Door. Like <laughs> it is a thing. Well, yeah, I think that it's very but, easy for you yeah. to like if you are uh, like very mildly interested in movies you like have heard of the palme d'or maybe are aware of like one or two movies that won the palme d'or but you probably don't know that much mm-hmm. about can as a institution um, certainly i well that reminds me of like why i really uh not understood because nobody really understands that logic but was accepting of award season when i was getting into film yeah. as like i thought of it as a game yeah uh, as like who can strategically position themselves above others and like the concept of campaigning kind of made sense even though it's mm-hmm. broken and the idea of like sure. an academy voting is also it didn't you know I'm still it still kind of like breaks me like what ranked choice voting means but you know it it like I didn't resist it like right. I mean you know of course there's like an Oscar upset in the film that we'll we'll have today but it's like that. Sure. 
that makes sense. It's like why it happened. It's just like, you know, um, and, then, and then it's like the fact that I understood that at a young age, it kind of like made me more interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I also think the same thing about festivals, that I got so many recommendations and uh, I knew about so many more things that were coming to theaters or streaming soon uh, because of people that were reporting on festivals, right. you know, right now and when this episode will come out, we're, we're seeing now with the Fall Fest, like, you know, the tweets that people will make aren't the – there's certain buzzwords that we'll see. But it's like that does, like, spring, like, young people to get more interested. At least it did for me. But uh, Yeah, I, no, mean, I right. mean, it for sure did for me as well. Like, I was, I, it, yeah. it for sure was like, oh – it's yeah. I think like, like I don't yeah. know if I, I I don't know if I know what American Honey was without right. Like this is my yeah, is like right. is yeah. I think like it provides a necessary like superstructure to like yeah to like yeah. give you like a, a way to like because it is just otherwise it's just like a whole like vast even playing field of like movies and like that's like how do I even start like where do I start and like uh-huh. having these like overall superstructures I think even if they are like flawed and aren't don't have taste that 100% aligns with mine like it 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 gives you a way in like it gives you something mm-hmm. smaller to like fully to tr- that you can comprehend and then you can go from there into the fast field of movies on an even playing field with a horrible tortured metaphor I've drawn um yeah <laughs> yeah uh and you guys saw Bridges Spies when it came out yes no I did not engaged in a war this war does not for the moment involve men at arms it involves information something important has come up we've got a soviet spy we want you to defend him i'm an insurance lawyer i haven't done criminal work in years have you represented many accused spies this will be a first for the both of us you should be careful People are scared of this man. He's a threat to all of us. Do you know how people will look at us? The family of a man trying to free a traitor? Everyone deserves a defense. Every person matters. From this moment forward, you will not refer to the U-2 as a reconnaissance aircraft. You're going to be taking pictures over Soviet territory. what happened they got our spy pilot or the head full of classified information we got their guy we want you to negotiate the swap so it's not governments talking you could prevent a full thermonuclear exchange with the soviet union i'm talking to you about the security of your country where do they want this negotiation to take place east berlin just tell me that you're not going to be in any danger give me something to hold on to you do this for us There are only a few routes left to the east. Rule of law is less firmly established over there. Just avoid interaction with people generally. You don't belong. We need to have the conversation our governments can't. You're an American. You could well be detained. Definitely stay away from the wall. Cross it and you'll be shot. There are a lot of people who doesn't want this exchange to ever take place. We are not leaving them here. 
things have started to fall apart. There's a cost to these things, Jim. A cost to both your country and your family. We need this to be an exchange. No! I did. I was um, I was living in Hartford, Connecticut, working at the Hartford stage as an apprentice in their education department. Um, I was going to the movies a lot around that time. Like that was like you know I was in Hartford. I you know I was around other people who I was friendly with and and stuff. But like it's not like I had like family connections. And it was a very easy thing of like for on the weekends when I had some free time just to and I had a car I could drive out catch a movie. Saw a lot of movies uh, at that time, and this was one of them. Uh, well, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was a, like a pretty empty screening too. I think I, it was, I was doing a lot of like early, early, uh, er, like late morning screenings. That's always when I. I feel like liked. Spielberg films are good for empty or near empty mm-hmm. screenings. Yeah. As as I I had for West Side Story, and it's like this is. Mm-hmm the best time of my life like i just oh my God. like it's like the the you just feel like there's no distractions around you right. it's like mm-hmm. i'm so i'm so sucked in um i feel i was just i feel like i was the wrong it was the wrong time to see this for me sure. um yeah, when as like i was yes when i was like so awful in and dumb Mm -hmm. uh i can can attest to all of this because i knew him at this time and i can say yes without a doubt this is all true i think i think it's some people are worried about it i think it's good to look back at yourself four years and be like you're a moron I think oh, absolutely! Yes. I think I, think I had the worst taste in the world. I thought that I thought like the Marvel movies were like the best things ever made, or whatever the fuck. Like, no, it's fucking idiotic. Yeah, yeah. no, it's the, it's the accountability that counts. Uh, I, I feel you know I was I was like using the words that I I will not use now, as I thought like this movie was maudlin and like. Mm-hmm. Boring, like boring was definitely a thing I like heard when little, I talked to people. Yeah, I was like, like I loved that movie, and they were like, I was yeah, honk shoe. Yeah, yeah I will like, say about those yeah, two yeah, words, yeah. uh, one of them I absolutely do not agree with. Other one, the other one, I think there are some moments of it. Sure, <laughs> certainly. Um, I, I remember going with my dad, which I mean, is that I feel like that was that's like a given. Like I don't even have to mm-hmm. say. Sure, like, you know, it's like that's an obvious. Uh, and unlike Lincoln, my dad did not fall asleep during this. Mm. Um, I guess that's, that's mm. an interesting caveat. Yeah. But, and I, yeah. Uh, 2015 Oscars were like a pretty big award season for me. Mm-hmm. As like that's uh, – the 2014 as well. Um, and like 2013, I think that was the first ceremony I watched live. But then the 2015 is like when I actively started to see all the movies. Sure. Yeah. Um, Amelia, how about you? I probably saw this. Probably, I, I'm gonna say 2017. I'm probably gonna say the first time I watched it. I, it was for sure not till like, you know, brave men and women step forward to be like, the Bridges Five is actually good and exciting for me to be like, you know what? I'll watch Bridges Five. That's a movie I didn't even have like. A conception of that's a movie I hadn't even <laughs> thought of, right? So it w- it wasn't even like having to battle like 
low expectations. Yeah, you're gonna, you haven't crossed the bridge. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't even have to battle low expectations. It had to battle, like, my awareness of it. Right. Yeah. Good concept. Yeah, so... Yeah, I saw it then. I remember just the first time being like, yeah, this is very good. This is, like, exciting. I like movies. Like, I love a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I get, I'm sure we'll get into it, but, like, I like a, I love a lawyer movie. And yeah. And I like, a, you know, something this dialogue heavy that's yeah. just, like... That's just what you want from movies. Yeah. It's pleasant. It's it, it's really pleasant, and it's also like kind of, not relaxing, but just kind of like the you rhythm can thing. really you can yeah. There's a rhythm is perfectly put. Like that idea mm-hmm. of you can kind of walk into its um, tendencies, and it's uh, and it's mm, how to say this. It gets to a point where you're completely like expect you know what's gonna happen the next very scene. Like it's not necessarily that it's predictable, but you understand the like the entirety of the tone of the film and understand how every kind of conversation is gonna go and how like and like the kind of performance people are gonna give, but almost in a Mm -hmm. really like relaxing Mm -hmm. and comforting way. Like this movie is very comforting to me because it's like so. It's like a lot of people just trying to be polite while also trying to get their point across and like you said it's a lot of like lawyer and legal talk while also main while also ha- you know having these spectacular visuals um and the you know and, right. you know and making sure that all these rich environments are displayed properly right. to really give a sense of you know what the setting that each character is in uh while also them him just talking about i have a little cold I right go home I and it's like right it's like it's a celebration of quiet dignity, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. about like you know guys guys there are guys out there who will stand up and do the right thing. Like and they're not and they don't do it flashily and they don't always like and they don't and they don't do it like for 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 outside things. Like they do it just because standing they, man. They know what's right, right. They they're the standing men out there. Uh, and Le like as, as many that... of them as we can get, Stoichi I think is yeah, uh, and as many of them as we can get uh, in high positions of power, the better off we are. <laughs> I um, I saw this in a completely different circumstances than everyone else did, so this came out in November of that year, if I yeah. remember correctly. October, like late October. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay, so. No, I, I I know what happens now. So does anyone under uh, does anyone want to guess what movie came out the following weeks after November? It's a big blockbuster. A big blockbuster. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. That was in the December. Christmas. Yeah. A Creed famously was the right. Yeah, Creed. Was- there wasn't was a Hunger October. Games that year, I don't think. Did like, did like, no, it had to be summer to be f- like Furious Seven. Which yeah, I some, came that was like. summer. Wow, um, it's interesting. Was it a Marvel? No. I don't know if I should let you guys guess more. I should just say it, but I'm interested. Wait, it's a blockbuster that came out. Big in blockbuster. Big blockbuster. Did like Big. Jurassic World come out around then? You guys have guessed every single franchise. This is so interesting. Because this movie isn't well regarded. Fantastic Beasts is the next No, no, no. no. Is it a franchise Um, movie or is it like a a Disney Pixar? Absolutely a franchise movie. A long-running franchise. Is it a... It's not... A Bond. Is it a Bond? 
Yes, it is. Oh, it's a Spectre. Spectre. It's very interesting how long that. I've never seen. I don't. I don't really like Bond, so I do not. Yeah. Well, I I remember being bored. Well, that's the thing. I think that I. I don't think the reason. I didn't. I'm. The reason I found it interesting that it took you guys so long is that I think it's pretty. um, It's self-evident that that movie just did not click with people and how it just really has no impact. Um, Especially but my right. Yeah, right, 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 absolutely. And back when Skyfall was released, one of my favorite memories was because it was released near my birthday. As I saw that on my birthday, I saw Skyfall on my birthday. It was one of the best memories I've ever had on a birthday. It was amazing because um, I loved that movie, and I still love that movie. So in 2015, it's getting released at the same time in November. My birthday is on November 16th. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, November 15th. I think that's when it, it, it came out almost exactly. Sure. And it's like, oh, what should I do? Oh, I'll go to my local AMC, AMC Courthouse, shout out, in Northern Virginia, and I'll take the subway, and I will go with my best friend. Um, oh, who did I see it with? I think I saw it with, did I see it with Eric and William? Maybe. I can't remember. Um, but I saw it with some couple friends, and I think, yeah, I think I saw it with Eric and William. I saw my two, like, two of my best friends, and we went, and we went to go see Spectre, and I'm like, well, that's not going to be the whole day. I gotta fill it up with another movie. Let's make, so let's got live time it up. left in the day. Let's live it up. Watch Spectre. Eh, it was okay. Sure. Next. We were like, all right, let's go watch Bridge of Spies. Sam Mendes lost the juice. My 15-year-old yeah. ass with my right. two 15-year-old ass uh-huh. uh, friends. Freshly 15, huddled. right? Yeah. Yeah, we just like, I was walked. 15, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, we just, like, walked in. I was, well, I guess I was. Actually, I, I just turned 16. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I, I was 16. turning, I turned 16 because I, I was born I in I turned 16, too. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Same. But yeah. it was right before I turned 16 it was this was the 15th so i was 15 on the 15th in november yeah and we huddle in sit down and watch this spielberg quiet historical drama with i can only imagine a bunch of geezers in there sure and fucking we all were like that was a really good did you have movie. to hand them your triple a cards that was as, like as you're right but like we were all walked out like that was yeah. really good i really liked that we liked that more than specter yeah it was good i think right it does really mm-hmm. just work i think like like i remember like maybe my second or third time watching it like was with my parents and it was a classic like my mom went to bed with like 45 minutes left and like i remember her like getting up the next morning and making a point of like finishing the movie like she like <laughs> went back to fit catch what happened at the end because she yeah. had fallen asleep or whatever uh and it yeah, is no time was wasted yeah, it is one yeah. of those i think where no like if yeah. you can get people in the door they're gonna connect with it i think for the most part <laughs> What's very interesting too, as a Lincoln uh, mm-hmm. follow-up, Lincolnite, that oh. a, a Lincolnite, um, Let's go Lincoln. the it's like this is Lincoln part two, the um, like Lincoln is a colossal biopic, sure. as, uh, like I someone Doesn't to get make a uh, right, right. That's Abraham Lincoln, like that's. Sure. Something he's wanted to make for a long time. Top top five. Most Finally crystallized. History, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And do you, and and it's very well done. And that's a movie that I use the word relaxing about. Sure. That you feel like the temperature in each room. It's a very tangible. You see movie. all those like wounded then, Union soldiers. You're like, ah, isn't this great? Yeah. Yes. Kind <laughs> no, of. I know. I know. I know. Um, and, and then you get to this, 
who the fuck is James Donovan? Right. Right. And it's like, that's very interesting. Like, it's like someone who you kind of, you see like all their like very civic accomplishments, diplomatic right. uh, morals. And, <laughs> the title and it's just like, you kind of, like he is, he, to me, like he is as important to Spielberg as Abraham Lincoln. And, sure. And both are about like, process and details mm-hmm. and um the goddamn constitution every That's person right. matters and, and, uh, yes and i and i think like while it is i uh, what struck me is like it's like it does make a point of that but that isn't really what i like it's not it's like the fourth or fifth most important thing to me about this movie uh-huh I mean, really, it's like someone making, it's like making a friend and someone they respect and like trying to like defend their honor. But it's also about like the American, the American civic duty, and yeah. upholding. And the law. what the fuck does that even mean? Um, right. Exactly. That's that's so much more of a broad concept than it is like able is important and should be fought for. Yeah. Right. I. I'm trying to think why I was so impressed with it the first time. I think I also just recognized, like, this looks awesome. Like, these shots of Berlin and the cold and all of this. Right, exactly. Like, all of this is so well done. The jail windows just being, like, bright and white. Yeah. And how it feels so, like, I don't know. I felt cold watching that movie. Um, It's a chilly movie. It's a chilly fucking movie. And... I think that kind of effect and that viscerality you, you really... You get every sniffle. Right. It, I think that really imparted to on me when I was 15. Yeah, those, like, details. Those ideas. Yeah, that little sniffle, that little thing. And, yeah, and I also just, like, really liked the dialogue. I could understand it for the most part. I, yeah. I, I, liked the, I, I liked the points of where when Donovan was confused, I also was confused. Sure. Where it was like, okay, what country is talking for who? who right. Why is they not... What's their game here? Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, like the movie wasn't looking down on me for not getting it. It's that we don't get it either. Right, yeah. Um, th- and so those, yeah, and that, those rhythms of it. And also, it's just, like, that great, you know, sweeping score. Like, it's really not, it's a, for me, it's funny that, I understand the boring part, but I can't imagine many people hating this movie. It's, it's just a very, like, it's a very quiet and passable movie at its worst. And that it's like, or like, and, and I, again, I understand the boring part, but I don't know. It's just so effective for me. It just works on the level I want it to work at. Yeah. Um, especially for mm-hmm. this genre and this kind of tone for a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a couple of like really just classic Cracker Jack Spielberg tense sequences. Like the ver- the opening is just like oh of course so masterful like no dialogue just following Rylance. The, you I know, did not remember how long when they lose was. him and then they find mm-hmm. him again and the yeah. guy like goes down the stairs <laughs> for a second. It's all like visual. There's the, they're Dominic not talking Lombardosi. on the radio or whatever it. the fuck, or they're not like, right. And hey, where'd he go? It literally is just like the way the camera like catches these guys wearing hats or whatever. Where you're like, okay, that's an agent. That's an agent or whatever. But um, you're still yeah. not quite sure who right. is who. Yeah. And then, of course, there's also the the sequence where the plane goes down, which is like mm, classic, like phenomenal. You yeah. know, also wordless, like him, like with the destruct yeah. sw- switch, like he's flying out, he, like he's flying out outside the car, and he, try, he pulls in, and like is almost, almost his fingers almost reaching it, and then the thing disconnects, and and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there are a couple of those, like yeah, 
those big yeah big spielberg set pieces but uh, you know it is overall very much like a uh, people talking in rooms movie <laughs> and i and i you know and like we talked about it a bit like the way hanks is introduced or whatever in that opening scene where he is oh. where it is like he he is like you're it's getting across to you like this guy knows what the fuck he's doing like he knows Absolutely. how to you're like, detective hoffman right, right yeah. yeah and like the, yeah. yeah just no. and his insistence on like specific precise language uh, like mm-hmm. with the whole like not my guy don't say my guy <laughs> the guy my cl- my mm-hmm. client insures like you know um, and like h- how he set like the semantics right it's a movie about semantics in so many ways mm-hmm. where it is, I like, love semantics one, one thing or five things like and like yeah I mean that you know it, it's been said like that's some of the most Coensy stuff in it and it is some of the most like yeah and it does like you know I've talked ad nauseum even recently about how much I love Tom Hanks. Uh, but like, especially when he is like playing like an upstanding, like great dude, like, uh, and like, mm-hmm. this is like a, yeah, an, an, another great example of him. Like be and as like the hero of the movie and in, in, in a, in a totally Hanksian way uh, where he is able to stay, he's be the standing man, you know, he's also just like yeah. really confident too. He doesn't like when he walks into a room, he doesn't feel like, he might get a little nervous when he's getting followed or whatever, but when he's just in there talking, uh, sitting down and just talking shop, mm-hmm. like he know he just like I'm in my battlefield right now. I'm at war and I have all the weapons I need for this. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm a soldier and I will beat best you like I have bested everyone else just by talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I I it, it, like, like I yeah. I uh, I re-listened to the blank check on this and they were saying like kind of nailed it this is him in uh spencer tracy or james stewart mode mm-hmm. um as someone who's up up holding what's what's morally just and right. the right thing even though like he's so clearly uh confident as as we say but really it's just it's it's a job that's thankless to the public, but really he's just doing what his job is. It's like that's the really interesting part of this. This isn't a, a defense like a defense lawyer; it's an insurance lawyer, right? right. It's like someone who's sort of taken out of yeah. out of their usual box, right? It's and crazy this is a, that this you is know, a true a, story. It's crazy. Sure. I right. I have no idea how many liberties were taken. I have not done any research as to like the truth. I was story. yeah. I, I was doubt just they made say, the insurance like, thing up. That would be crazy. Um, no, they didn't make that up. But Spielberg was talking about how like the scene when they're shot in their house, their house was shot, but the Donovans had moved sure. to a new apartment. Like they shot it at an empty house in real life, or something like. That's crazy. Like yeah. Because they that's probably nuts. thought he but was the, in this there. Is the, that's nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, this is the perfect story where you can take those liberties, where it's like, you know, no one is going to be like, ah, oh, but you got X wrong about Yeah, it's someone Donovan's who do, no life, one really right? thinks about. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, um, I also think it comes down to the classic age-old, we just like watching movies where people are good at their jobs. This guy is just really good at his job, and you feel very comfortable with that. And you you don't feel like this great anxiety when he's in like this mode, like when he's just like when he's negotiating or when he's like figuring or give, coming up with a plan or a strategy. 
you're you feel like at ease you're like it's hanks man he has this in the fucking bag he knows what he's doing he <laughs> well, is all set yeah well and the thing is like he's choosing to be really good at his job when like all outside forces are conspiring to say like hey don't do that good a job like they're like hey right, like chill right. out on doing like <laughs> the way like he is like i'm going to keep appealing like there are like procedural issues with the way that this man was tried and like i don't care that like he's guilty of being a spy like that we were we're treating we're, we're supposed to be showing him like how off how the american legal system is, is is superior and like treats people fairly and all that sort of stuff so i'm gonna just keep on going and like alan alda is telling him like hey you can stop or whatever and he he goes all the way to the supreme court and like makes an impassioned argument about like what is actual justice here like and like mm -hmm. in a world where like when the trial when the sentencing is first announced there's like a mob of people who are demanding him to be hanged and that sort of thing and like yeah just like all so much of the of the world is is does not want him to do a good job but he knows that he should continue to do a good job and like and the way that he values that and that and like the the way that that is the way that he connects with abel and like finds a respect in himself for abel because he's like this is just a guy who's doing his job like we don't need like mm -hmm, that's yeah. like where what his in is there like it's like yeah it you know he's a, it, i think it is like it really makes him like a very fascinating character more than just like an avatar of like goodness or whatever like there's there's complexity and like and and like what he values is like very interesting to me as a character mm -hmm. what first caught my attention was just the um bizarre series of events that led up to this uh you know, possible spy swap. Here's an insurance lawyer who is uh, uh, talked into taking the case of a Soviet spy. Um, he hasn't done any prosecution work since he worked at the Nuremberg war crime trials. And, uh, and so he immediately is a bit of a fish out of water, but he decides to take the case. And then he finds himself uh, defending someone he is quite um, fond of or grows quite fond of and vice versa. Um, which which creates a great deal of ambiguity. Now that kernel is what attracted me to this story. Oftentimes you play films with somebody who has no idea of what they're doing, is thrust in a, into a circumstance where they have to figure things out very well. The truth is James B. Donovan was very, very sure of his, his talents and abilities as a negotiator. So therefore the, the stress and the place for the nail-biting tension in a movie like this, in a story like this, is how good the other side is at their skills of negotiation. And that, that's just the stuff of great drama. Your agent, Hoffman, yeah? Yeah. German extraction. Yeah, so? My name's Donovan, Irish, both sides, mother and father. I'm Irish, you're German. But what makes us both Americans? Just one thing. One, one, one. The rule book. We call it the Constitution, and we agree to the rules, and that's what makes us Americans. It's all that makes us Americans, so don't tell me there's no rule book, and don't nod at me like that, you son of a bitch. I think Tom's performance is just wonderful, and I don't know many people who can do that kind of uh, 
thing of a, of, of, of a heroic quality in a very normal, good man, found in a place in society where you would least expect to find it <laughs> amongst insurance lawyers. But you know what I mean? I think most people, Americans certainly, and I think maybe even English people and European people can connect with Tom, because he plays things just straight down the line. Have you represented many accused spies? This will be a first for the both of us. I wanted to show the audience that there was going to be an, an, an inevitability about the shoot-down of Gary Powers and the Soviet spy. There was some, and, and, and the character of James Donovan that Tom Hanks plays, he actually just comes out and says that someday we may need uh, an insurance policy in our hip pocket, somebody to trade with the Soviets. And so all of those were signposts that I wanted the audience to kind of see where the story was going. But then there's a whole other story that you cannot predict, and that's where the Cohen brothers and Matt Sherman were very deft in erasing all of the corners and taking all the signs out. So you don't quite know where the story's going. Bridge of Spies really is the stories of a draw. They come, it's a tie. Both sides get what they want, but without any real knowledge about the, the, the logic or the motivations of the other side, we don't know if it's gonna happen or not. We need this to be an exchange. No. I, I pretty much come to the set and say, here's where you should stand, and here's where you should enter, and here's where the camera's gonna be. And, and, and often I put it together right there in the room. I don't come in with a shot list. I don't come in with a schemata of arrows pointing to dolly track. And I just sort of come in, look at the set. Sometimes I do it the night before. Sometimes I get in early before the crew even shows up. And I walk the set with a work light on. And uh, I figure out uh, my day, or I figure out the first shot. And Tom's used to that. I mean, I, on Private Ryan, nobody knew where the camera was going except me and Janusz. You know, so everybody's pretty, pretty much used to rolling with the punches. And this was no different. He, he's just so enthusiastic about film. So it was, uh, we, whenever we weren't filming something, we were talking about films. And he would go home, and on the weekend, he would have watched five films. And every night, he can hardly sleep. He's so excited. And he would get up and watch a couple of films from three or four in the morning and come in, and I'd say, why can't you sleep, Stephen? Because I still don't know what this film is about. What's it about? And I mean, what do you, I'd say, what do you mean, what's it about? And well, what's the central question of it? He was just, he's just a really, really fascinating person. What was exciting was when I shot the first scene with Tom and with Mark, Tom came out after I finally said print after five or six or seven takes. We shot the whole scene from top to bottom when they first meet from one angle, then I covered it like crazy. And Tom pulled me aside and he just went, oh my God, Mark Rylance. And Tom was so excited. How did we do in there? Uh, not too good. Apparently you're not an American citizen. That's true. And according to your boss, you're not a Soviet citizen either. Well, the boss isn't always right, but he's always the boss. Do you never worry? Would it help? And the thing that Tom mentioned to me was interesting. He said, you know, Mark is playing it very, very secretly and very still. I am being seduced to be still, too. I can't do that. I have to stay James Donovan. I got to be the bulldog. Watch me carefully and don't let me be seduced into being as still as Mark, because that's the character he's found. And I feel myself being pulled to his technique, and I need to be the polar opposite of him. And that was a great note for an actor to give a director. An actor like Mark Rylance, he is a completely unknown entity in the, in the best of all possible ways. He gets to create something from whole cloth 
without being burdened by, you know, every other movie that he's ever made and had, had attention drawn into him. Now, that's going to change because he's going to be making an awful lot of uh, motion pictures uh, uh, beginning even after even after we work together on, on Bridge of Spies. But even so, I think that because, you know, he, he, he's older, he's of an older generation, he's going to enjoy a chameleon-like existence for a very long time. People are scared of this man. He's a threat to all of us. Do you know how people will look at us? The family of a man trying to free a traitor? Everyone deserves a defense. Every person matters. I'm able to draw on the fact that I was a child of the of the Cold War. I grew up under the, I've been saying, the shadow of the mushroom cloud. I know what it's like to have the air raid siren ring in school and you duck and cover under your desks and you get 16 millimeter Bell and Howell projectors rolled into the classroom and you see these half-hour documentaries of what do you do when you're walking down the street and you see a bright flash? You know, go to the nearest wall and duck and cover. And here's Bert the Turtle, this little animated character that we actually grew up with, Bert the Turtle, who taught us how to go into our shells when the air raid sirens blast. And I was convinced we were going to go to war with the Soviet Union. I was convinced as a 13-year-old. We little men, we just do our jobs. Like Lieutenant Powers, he's just a pilot. He was making photographs from 70,000 feet when he was shot from the sky. People in my country consider this an act of war. Well, the scenes we were shooting um, in Germany, of uh, the parts of Berlin where we could still shoot period buildings that hadn't been you know, torn down or replaced by modern buildings, um, a lot of the crew and a lot of the German crew would come over to me and they would say, you know, I was raised in the East and my uncle and aunt fled when the wall went up and we were stuck on one side and we, we, we didn't see them for a couple of years. Um, it was so interesting to get involved and how what an emotional time that was for Germans and to have all my crew, German crew, uh, telling me stories of where they were when the wall went up. You're an American, you could well be detained. Definitely stay away from the wall. Cross it and you'll be shot. Uh, in some ways, it's, al it's almost a reassuring sort of uh, uh, look at the possibilities that can come across with uh, with intelligent people having intelligent discussions, um, and I think that ends up being one of the great powers of the cinema. It doesn't. It, you can get the same sort of sensibility of what would I do in that circumstances, whether or not it took place takes place in a galaxy far, far away, or it took place in 1961, or if it took took place last week. That that's what good movies do. They raise that question of what would you do in the same circumstances. Every movie I begin, it's, it's just, it's scary. It's scary because it's, a, it's an adventure and I don't know what's gonna happen on the film and I sometimes, if it's a special effects picture, I'm more confident because I've already pre-vis half the picture and know exactly what I, what I need to get. But when it's a movie like Bridge of Spies or Amistad or Lincoln or even Saving Private Ryan where there were no storyboards except for the U2 shootdown, that was the only time I did storyboards on Bridge of Spies. But what I, have, I don't have that to fall back on. It's scary and it's exciting all at the same time. As as someone who um, who d is like advised to not take this and not to continue with uh, with the able case, it's almost like it makes being good at his job even better. As like, oh wait, you were you had the signs not to continue this, but right? The fact that the fact that you like it, it's like we know that he's capable it's like it's not if he can make this swap but 
but like can he get home <laughs> it's like really mm-hmm. like then the second half of the movie is like what it's concerned about like i i think the second half of the movie is like honestly pretty like much more riveting than uh than the first half too because i i think that there's more cohen brothers rewrites in the second half mm-hmm. um i mean just, certainly I like, like yeah that, like all the backdoor like, stuff like soviet yeah. and east german uh bureaucracy does seem like the cohen's bag uh mm-hmm. um yeah. i would say um i weirdly this time was like a little more into the first half than the second half. Um, yeah, that's yeah. where the Hanks and Rylance stuff is really at. I, I forgot yeah. that mm-hmm. really at that second half they interact like one more time. Really, right? He's yeah. just in jail. Like you know, there's it's, yeah. It would be funny if they like contrived a way to get him into more scenes. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> right. like, I gotta call this guy. Like he's he'll like, for information or be like, yeah. like, is that what your wife looks yeah. like or Mr. whatever? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Mr. Donovan, I have a phone for you. It's like, well. Uh, I I also really, yeah. I, I mean, the second half is, that's where all the, you know, like you said, the backdoor dealings and stuff is. But the whole idea of that, how so much of this movie is about semantics. My mom uh, is a lawyer. I mean, retired, but was a lawyer, sure. like, for the federal government. Um, I grew up with that kind of inkling of law and that in logic and that like semantical semantics argument of just like well that doesn't make sense so we're not gonna do that uh and i grew up around that like yeah you know dc even though like the obviously this movie takes place a lot in brooklyn but those like you know those like battling of politics and Mm -hmm. you know weird uh, stances that governments have to take because of some fucking ridiculous reason, like that kind of stuff has always fascinated me. I'm the I'm the kid who loves civics class. I'm the kid who loves like, you know, unite you know U.S. history one and two. Mm-hmm. That's the shit that I'm really into. And like so, this film really scratched that itch for me. Even before I kind of knew I had that itch. Like at 15, I didn't really understand that part of myself. That I was like, I'm, you know, I really like legal shit. I really like law. I really like how lawyers talk and how um, they, how their brain works. I also like, you know, politics and the kind of dirty side of it and that idea of these like, like these stances governments have to take that are full of bullshit and like these little nuances that have to be made for in order to recognize a government or feel like or. Uh, progress their agenda it's all these little interesting um uh, little details that this film has while also you know being completely accurate to the idea of what not completely accurate how do i say this um of course at the of course at the time east germany did want to be recognized as a sovereign country and as a, a sovereign power um, and they did, they weren't like 1000% shared the exact same fucking interests as the Soviet Union. Um, and how there was so much complexity at that time of what, like, who has say over who in that point and like how actually independent, um, each power is and what departments, like, you know, who, who is where and what, whose authority matters in those circumstances, that kind of thing uh in yeah you would think that like you know 15 years old i would like be bored by all that shit but that was the stuff that was exciting to me and so it's still exciting to me watching it now uh i i it's funny watching this now um i've watched 
every season of the americans besides the last one because i don't want it to end but the americans is a fantastic television show it's very much different this is you know it takes place in like the 80s era mm-hmm. of the cold war and like a completely different perspective but um it has those same kind of itches for me of like you know it's more espionage uh yeah. rather than just like good old negotiation but world powers interacting and the and the kind of weird nuances that take place like who like what is an act of war and what is just poking the bear this is the thing i've said to andy before mm-hmm. that uh i believe the best yeah uh, i was gonna, I was gonna pip you into saying this so you weren't gonna say it. yeah the, the best setting in all of fiction is west berlin i think that is uh <laughs> it, it is a setting that has only yields bangers i think it wait is, west or east I guess, I guess the, I, the border, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I guess the, I guess I usually mean the border when I say that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes West Berlin, sometimes East Berlin, but like Cold War Germany is just like it's almost impossible to make a bad piece of fiction set around then. It's just like it. It's just there's just like such different avenues for compelling drama in there. A lot of my favorite pieces of fiction are set around then. Uh, John Le Carre's Spy Who Came In f- From the Cold, like um, the lives Robert of others, girls. Well, d- lives of we don't we can't get into like, the lives <laughs> of others. Don't get me started on the lives of others. <laughs> oh, do you guys hate that movie? <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, Andy uh, loves I love that, that movie. I do not like it. Atomic Blonde. No, I'm joking. No. That one's fine. He does, uh, I, li- I do like when he, when James uh, McAvoy says, "I freak, I fucking love Berlin in that movie." It's a, and yeah. he does. He has a lot of good deliveries in that movie. <laughs> um, the third, the third man. Yeah. Third man's good. Yeah. Uh, what's the other? Oh, Carlos, uh, the Olivia Yasayas movie about Carlos the Jackal. Yeah. Uh, like that's like another one of my favorite movie subjects is just like terrorism. So it's just like there's a lot of that stuff going around then. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the way this movie depicts it, just, like, I really love the scene of when Pryor, who, like, the the American student is, like, trying to go back and forth and find the people and mm-hmm. go back. And just, like, the weird politics of just crossing a line. Yeah. Of just, like, fi- just like five minutes ago, he could have walked. He walked right. There was a gap in the fence, and then there is, wasn't. And then what, what, is, what are the implications of that? I mean, so much yeah. of the third man is about that. It's because it's at that point, it's like four different foreign powers interacting. Or was it three? It's the Brits, the Russians, and the Americans all have a stake in Berlin because that's right post-World War Two. But, yeah, that idea of crossing what passports what you have, what fucking papers you have, and how that literally mm-hmm. makes the entire difference of whether you can be recognized as a citizen or can even move past this line. Yeah. It's literally like that scene is literally like somebody puts up a rock and that is the difference between him just living a normal life and him maybe potentially spending his entire life in jail. And that's just like Mm -hmm. such a compelling concept. Uh, And for what really, you know, it's like at the point it's just like, it's all just, posturing of like we have to be separate there's just no way and we have to show that we are you know we will do what needs to be done uh and you know we have to show that we are not representing soviet interests we have to show that we are strong enough to be to be recognized by the united states and all these different things well it's and yeah it's it's all these bigger ideas but at some time at some point it's just like yeah but you're locking up a kid for what Really? Yeah, even more so for people like Pryor, 
that's just like caught in the middle of all of it. That it's not even like military or anyone that's a government associated. Um, but then, like, it comes to a decision that I really like from Spielberg that doesn't use subtitles for the Russians. Yes, I forgot yeah. about that. And, we'll con- and, that we'll, and, the and we'll continue but, that for um, the uh, um, in West Side Story. You know, the Spanish yeah. subtitles in West Side Story. And, you know, it's just more like he's so good at the visual, like the, you know, yeah. the visual storytelling. Yeah. That's that, like, is, that, is, yeah. that is like. Because it's like, he, that's like a, a, it's a risky choice, right? Because it can. Yes. I, I am mostly anti that in movies. Right. I am generally anti being like, well, these people are the others. So we're not going to subtitle right. it because you're not. The like I, like in a mo- another movie from this year, like Argo, I think it is much more questionably mm. deployed that like you don't understand. Yeah, that it was like a big art. That was like right. the big like moment of that argument of just like who is this movie like serving and what right. like what perspective is worth showing if you're not going to subtitle what these people are saying. You know, you're like deliberately othering an entire people. But Spielberg is very good at like showing the story visually here. So it's like you, you always get it. And I think yeah. there are interesting moments like him getting mugged by those kids. It's like an interesting right. That's moment the thing. Yeah. of that, that, of that, of like exploring the differences in that dynamic. So I wouldn't say I'm like across the board. Like that's not a thing you should do because there are movies like like this where there there are interesting visual and just like communication ideas that can be expressed by like having different subtitling options. But uh, but it's like a classic Spielberg. He gets away with it because he's very good and he's Spielberg. And I'm not sure ninety percent of other directors yeah. I would let that slide with. Right. Yeah. Well, it also is like. All the yeah, all the characters that he meets, like as he is doing his negotiation work, they're like, each of them has like such a crazy unexpected energy. I would say like there's the energy of the the quote unquote family, right? That's Where so with the mom funny. who like becomes emotional, like and, and like that like really throws him off. And then he like meets he's 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 looking for vogel right and like everyone he meets is like no we're not i'm not vogel yeah vogel's not here right and then and then yeah the 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 soviet guy who he later finds out is like the head of the of like a like a vice president of the kgb or something like he's like a extremely high up kgb officer who also like who does seem to like have a real respect for him and like has like 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 he is real with him right like in that moment where they're like celebrating it with the with the drinks or whatever and he's like so just like to shoot the shit with you like what's gonna happen to this guy like i like abel like what's gonna happen to him and he's like well kind of depends on whether we think like it's gonna like whether we think he talked or not and he's like he he didn't talk and then he's like yeah you would say that no matter what happens so like i don't know whether like like the realness in that (laughs) conversation i think is like it's a, it's a fascinating energy, and then you have Vogel, yes, right, and then also the and, and then the I'm here to meet Vogel, right. and then the, <laughs> the and the yeah. fake and the fake family, right. so yeah. it's such a... and then the East German, uh, like secretary or whatever, who, like muckety muck, who like is like really pompous and like makes like a big show or of, of or whatever of like look at how important I am, look at how important we are, and, like, we're big, we're in the big time now, baby. And then, like, and then it's, like, his assistant who, like, he sits down with and is, like, 
so you're like very smart and you can make this happen for me or whatever like how he like meet all these energies that come at him from these new people that are mm-hmm. are all completely unexpected and all completely different yeah. from each other he deals with it, a lot of different yeah characters. it really is like a hugely yeah, yeah. dynamic series of sequences that really keeps yeah. you on your toes even though it is like a series of like meetings right like it's like a series of office meetings uh, with with love... a little bit of uh, you know war war setting in between as he's as he's crossing the border back and forth. The youth taking his ho- his coat is great is a great scene. The people getting shot is one of those things I, that I'm like a sure. little like with the callback especially this. later on the train yeah. home is like the callbacks like cute. yeah right right I th- I think. It's a little thumb on this scale for me. I don't know. It feels sure. a little weird to me. It, of course. The other shot I feel like that about is that I think most of the scene with like the fake family they bring in is very good and funny. I think cutting to them outside of the room to see them that they're like fully like roboting out of the room is like mm-hmm. one step. They too certainly. Much. I, you're right. They. I feel like they underline the family being fake without outright saying the family is fake. Mm-hmm. Like he really wants to make sure you get it, but also really doesn't want to just outright say it, and like that plays a little awkwardly on the whole, I would say. And it's like, also, and this is gonna sound kind of like, well, actually, but the KGB special operatives were the best, basically, to ever do it. Like they were like. There's a reason why that Cold War lasted so fucking long, and it wasn't like a complete like, like a blowout. Like their mm-hmm. their intelligence and their agents were just the best ever trained. I mean, the KGB was literally like, uh, absolute. They only produced like good quality agents, and uh, and having these bumbling idiots play a family so horribly, just like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's a it's a little. I don't know. This movie. I think Spiel, whether Spielberg is, like, pro-America or, like, jingoistic at all is, like, an almost an interesting conversation to have. Because I think there are movies like this one where he had a very interesting conversation about mm-hmm. just, like, America and some the ways it's, like, fucked up and there's, like, bad yeah. ways, b- bad people are running stuff, but, but also just, like, how much I believe in, like, the ideals of this country or right. whatever. Yeah. And I think... For the most part, this movie manages to have that be just like that balance successful. But I think moments like that are a little like, okay, this was certainly made by an an American person. This certainly is not like being even handed towards like Russian people or Soviet people or like the people of Berlin at that time. It's like giving them some measure of integrity, but also like deflating it in Mm -hmm. in some manner that it is interesting, which is like. I guess maybe it goes back to the general Spielberg conversation, which is, like, I am, like, a huge Munich guy. I really like Munich. I forgot to mention mm-hmm. that earlier, like, uh-huh. that that movie. <laughs> what was the first Spielberg you guys watched? I mean, that's interesting. I probably saw, like, E.T. in Spanish in te- on television when I was, like, three years old. I definitely, like, it's probably Jurassic Park, but I don't know. But, like, that was, like, a movie that was, like, I would go over to, like, a neighbor's house and, like, the last 30 minutes of Jurassic Park was on. And that might have been my first exposure yeah. to Spielberg sort of thing. Like, I don't know if I ever sat down and watched Jurassic Park because I probably would have been too scared to do so. Um, yeah, Spielberg, he's, like, almost a weird guy to do that with because it's, like, 
I'm sure there are like eight Spielberg movies that I like half saw on television and cable at some point when I was like very young. But it, I don't. Mm-hmm. But like actually sitting down and watching them. Yeah, I know like, that. That's the thing. It's like I if I gave you an answer, I have no confidence in it being correct. Right. Yeah. Like maybe I, saw I think Hook it's Raiders. Full. Like maybe maybe Hook was the first oh, one. Maybe I it was Hook. Saw in full. I, I like maybe saw Jurassic Park when I was probably like too young to see Jurassic Park. I probably saw hmm. we saw E.T. when I was a kid. I definitely didn't see Park first. In theaters, the first one I remember watching was probably just Crystal Skull. Right. I I remember seeing Crystal Skull in theaters with my dad. Yeah, that was the first one. Catch Me If You Can, I think, was the first one I saw in theaters, which was, like, my first grown-up movie in theaters. I think I... The first, like... Like, like the first Spielbergs that I really loved and sought out on my own were Catch Me If You Can and Minority Report. Yeah. Um, But then, like... The others I just started to watch because I no knew he was important. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think Raiders but. was my first one. Kind of had yeah. to be. Raiders was like yeah. certainly a huge moment. Like I've, you know, that's my favorite movie. Um, and like I remember, like we were like on vacation in the Adirondacks, and they had Raiders on VHS in the in the mm-hmm. rental cabin or whatever. And like that mm-hmm. was like it's just like, not a more perfect. And movie, like on a on a rainy movie. night, like we yeah. were gonna watch. Yeah. And I don't even remember, like, we had been, I don't, I, it was probably after we had been to Disney World and seen the Indiana Jones stunt show twice. Like, we, that was something that, we, like, we went to Disney World when I was seven and my brother was five. And, like, we both loved that that so much that we went and saw it the second time. Um, so, yeah, Indy was was very important to me from a very mm-hmm. young age. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. My favorite Indy is uh, Dial of Destiny. And I saw that also, like, at an Airbnb. No, I'm just, I'm just you saw Tile of Destiny in an Airbnb? <laughs> like, no, yesterday? Like... <laughs> <laughs> this was, yeah, this is, like, an hour ago. I really like Munich. And Munich, I guess that, that, in that movie, it's not America. Though it is certainly making a comment on America using... Sure, it's, it's, sort, a, right, sort it's of, about 9-11. Mm-hmm. It is about right. 9-11, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But that is that is a movie that I think maybe better nails the sort of sense of like sure the the weird politics of the time and just mm-hmm. like why are we doing this and what is it all for? Yeah, what's the but, point? What's I wonder yeah. if it is able to do that because it it is not explicitly about America. Like I wonder if that's like, yeah, sure. And, and yeah. that's like a movie that has like a cynic. Like this movie has a sort of hope hopeful ish. Sure. Well, I guess hopeful sounds. It, it has a positive ending. It, it has a good. It has a happy ending where right. most things are accomplished. Obviously, like there is some, you know, everyone well, and, lives. and and we're yeah. told like the other stuff doesn't matter. We're explicitly told mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what people think, right? Yeah. Like it, yeah. he knows what he. It does. ends when the job yeah, is done. It, it is more a call for integrity yeah. than any solid political mm-hmm. stance. Yeah, but it, but but it's like yeah, Munich. It does end with the like head down like what was this all for like is is anything we did in this movie does that matter at all like mm-hmm. or was it like maybe it was even evil like maybe we even did bad things are we the which good, is what the sort bad guys yeah right yeah. <laughs> yeah which is what sort of makes me really appreciate munich and i do think that's like kind of a crazy movie for him to make and not be just even beyond like the sex scene or whatever that he gets mm-hmm. flack for putting in munich yeah. 
Uh, I really need to but rewatch I, it. Talk about a movie that's aged super well. I need well. to rewatch yeah. it. I've only, it's not so like, that the movie? only time I watched I've never it. seen it, and it's crazy. I have. It's you would love it. That movie, you would. That I think I might fun. watch it after this, yeah. honestly. That movie ha- you, sh- you absolutely that movie should. Has you would some fuck with it. Shots. That movie has some zooms that, that are like... You love nobody. a zoom, Emilio. We don't do zooms We all have our camera bullshit that we are like we have like a weakness for, and a good zoom is mine. Like yeah, extreme close-up so- for me. That's why you love Soderbergh so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, when yeah. Soderbergh uses zooms, it's just like, I guess it's just like we don't shoot things wide anymore, so it's sure. like we don't. Zo- there's no reason to zoom anymore. Right. But when somebody has like that level of control of a camera, that to me is just like yeah. this yeah. is a guy who's like. There are some. Really yeah. has this whole thing. <laughs> in that, that, that there are some incredible <laughs> camera moves in Bridges. The 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 one shot where it like comes in to like the the jail and like it goes around and it pulls around to the three panels where it's uh Abel and Hanks and then the radio in the middle and you're like looking through the window with the like the dividers in between is incredible. I think the way that the camera moves in those negotiation scenes like when when Hanks like introduces like and I'm also going to need prior. Like when he when that first comes in, like with the way mm-hmm. the camera moves like yeah, there's like a round over him and back right. to the other guy is like so interesting and fascinating. There's like some really great cameras and stuff in this one. Yeah, and I, it's like it's like one of the best lit films of all time sure. in terms of just it's really just like the classic yeah. like Janusz pull of light just like blasting through. But yeah. it's also like I think a lot of the stuff that gets credit for with blocking, he is obviously very good at blocking. But there's stuff where it's like even if you block well. It is very tough to get, like, every single person in the frame, you can, like, l- see their face, and mm-hmm. they're, like, highlighted in, which, right. in a way where and you it can do- see their... And it doesn't in- look unnatural, like... Yeah, where, like, you can see their individual, like, details and, like, their clothing and their face, and he manages to do it. It's, like, that's so impressive in that first scene, especially, where it's just, like, a bunch of guys wearing, like, gray nondescript suits, yet you never lose them in a crowd. There's just stuff that is, like, mind-boggling mm-hmm. from a dir- he, he- direction perspective to see. He also does that in the bridge scene when they all like kind of walk into the camera and they're all kind of in a line and it's shooting to the side of them and you could kind of and like it's yeah like they're getting ready for battle almost and you just see them straight in a line you could see all of their faces though. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to that idea of we don't shoot anything wide anymore. I think that's a like a fantastic point because I think that's also a reason that so many of us like lost our shit when we were watching like west side story when it came to some of those wide shots because it just feel like it's it's a terrific looking movie but it also just like oh that's right i forgot about this we we shoot we can shoot things in these grand like sweeping wide shots to cover an entire area and characters and a setting and um and tone and all these things like you can just do wide fucking shots i mean there's some um there's a wide shot, it's like an aerial wide shot at the bridge that kind of just like, basically kind of places everyone where they need to be. Like, this is the layout, this is the scope, this is how far away they are they are from each other, and like, here's here's the whole, here's the table setting. Yeah. Um, and those and those shots are just like, ha! Ah, Spielberg! Yanush! Yeah. I love it. Which is like, Thank I you. believe he basically <laughs> does that shot in West Side Story with like, the... You know the sharks at one end and the right, right, with all those shadows. Yeah, the shadows, right, and the, the shadows are amazingly salt. used yeah. here as well, especially that bridge mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the, 
very impressively staged. It's like right. You almost couldn't say enough. Right. You're almost. I mean, right. There's because there's so many like the. He makes the scene where um, Abel's getting arrested, right? And he's like, "Oh, can I have my Mm. teeth? Oh, can I like clean my thing, right?" And like, it you feel so claustrophobic. Like he feels trapped, right? It's like a small apartment. Mm -hmm. There's like four big agents who are like standing over him, and yet like Mm -hmm. you see him sort of like figure out. How to like out? And there's there's no score right. either. And you see and him like figure out how to out, outsmart them and like destroy the like possibly incriminating paper that they could find. Like no problem. Mm-hmm. It, like yeah, just like the way all that is like is presented to you. It like the clarity of it is just like so remarkable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and of course like uh, that it it highlights Donovan's characterization more when it's like that's revealed not to have a warrant. Like that's a great mm-hmm. detail, um, to where it's like, yeah, like you, you like even if this person is a tr- like a an intruder into into our country, it's like you should still have like the paperwork to officiate. Um, For sure. His, yeah, yeah. How but, surprised he is at certain points is interesting, though. Like when he like when like the judge basically says, "No, what the fuck are you?" Who's talking great? About? That performance. Um, yeah. His kind of naivete is very interesting. It's almost like he is. This is the first time he's ever really faced something of this magnitude of where people are just like, constitutional rights. Get right. out of well, here. He said, we don't like, need him. He was like on the prosecution team at Nuremberg, but other than that, he's just been an insurance guy, right? Like it's like you know. Well, he practiced criminal law before. Sure. Um, he at least says that. Like I haven't pr- practiced criminal law in years. Like. But he has this very, like, well, obviously we will do this after we do this because that is how the things go. And they're like, doesn't matter. This is bigger. And he's like, wait, what do you mean? But that's not how, like, he almost can't compute. He doesn't, like, understand, like, why all of these yeah. things. I mean, he, he can get, the, he can understand the concept of it, but he just feels like, but this this conversation isn't happening. How is any of this happening right now? He's just so, like, not flummoxed, but just... Like just kind of fucking pissed that like there's no one taking any of the things we do here as a country seriously. You're like you're asking me to violate attorney-client privilege. You are disregarding a faulty warrant. All these things. Um, and I, I talking about like you know how political like politicized this movie is or you know what perspective it takes. It's obviously like yeah it's. It maybe isn't to the point of jingoistic, but you know it, it rides the line. I I think what the, that kind of the stuff in there that I'm more interested in and that I appreciate from Spielberg is the idea of him is just like these are men doing a job. They're loyal to their country. What's the real difference? That idea of, and you know, and Hank said this. It, it's the idea of like if we had someone over there or, or he doesn't what i forget the line exactly but he makes the equivalencies of just like he's loyal to his country as we are loyal to ours what's the real difference here he's a human being doing a job that we've sent others to do as well uh and that that kind of equality and that kind of like importance on what the label of him being a spy doesn't really like, he hasn't murdered anyone he hasn't like you know he hasn't committed any great like great violence at least with the, that we know of he hasn't you know terrorized a group of people he hasn't 
uh, stolen ridiculous, like uh, stolen people's money or anything. He's just, I mean, secrets are secrets, obviously, sure. and they could put people in ri- at risk. But at the end of the day, it's just like we're yeah. if we're trying him as a criminal, we have to try him as a criminal. And but there is also there is no he is not a bad person for doing what he wants to do for his country. Ah. Because then that means the, the other people, that are people who, that are same spies who do the same thing over there are bad people. But you wouldn't believe that because they're Americans. And that whole mm-hmm. preconception of it, like most hated, and especially when you look at like Gary Powers and the idea that he's the most hated man in America, and that, you know, I didn't give him anything, it doesn't matter, people, you know, like, you know what you did. But that how easy the public turns on people and that American societal, like, pressure of... America above anything else, above your values, above your morals, above the Constitution, America, America, America. Uh, that's the stuff where I'm like, I think it's like kind of firing on, on on all cylinders. But when you get to the point of actually depicting a nuanced version of East Berlin and Soviet Russia and the politics and culture within those two uh, like countries and powers and governments, that's when you're just like, okay, Stephen. We get. Yeah, and I think a lot of those same things you can say about the post as well, um, as as something that that you know maybe not, maybe doesn't land the plane, but gets his point across enough and has enough interesting ideas outside of like American decency that you can you can sort of see how you sort of need that broad idea of American decency to hang above the movie, and then it's just like oh these other smaller ideas that you can sort of grab onto as as you rewatch the movie. Um, yeah, I, I agree with, with all that. This is strangely our first time covering Tom Hanks. That's Isn't that crazy? crazy. Isn't that weird? I it guess took his us 20, over yeah, 2000s. 200 not episodes. Not great. He had it's not his finest decade. It he took him till the last year to get an Oscar nomination, but... Well, they I mean, they've been very rude to him for a very long time at the Oscars. Yes. No, I just find it funny. Yeah, that's all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what do we what do we think? Tom Hanks in the 2010s. Is this a highlight? Is this... I feel like he should have, you know, it's it's interesting he missed out. I feel like this is this is a, a Bob De Niro in the Irishman type performance. We, we haven't yet. Isn't that interesting? No. Wow. It's a, it's a, I haven't yeah, done I mean, Sully. That's a big one. So I mean, his no. twenty right. no Toy Stories, right. no Captain ten, Phillips. Yeah. His twenty ten start with no Toy Captain Story Phillips. three, which like no, you won't be my neighbor. Toy Story three is yeah. a fine movie. I don't like that. That's not really the Woody movie, I guess. Like I don't know. That's I, he's good in that movie, obviously. Toy Story four is right. Toy Story four is like the Woody movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the Woody. Well, movie. Well, and yeah. then like twenty eleven is a rough year because we got uh, Larry Crown, his directorial effort. Hell yeah, uh, um, which I've never <laughs> seen. Uh, extremely you loud should, and incredible. You should do a Larry a Larry Crown episode for sure. <laughs> we should. Well, yeah. find someone to pick it because be that unless yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and that doesn't serve any real theme. So his, right, his other 2011 movie is extremely loud and incredibly close, which also have not mm-hmm. seen. Probably won't be seeing that one yeah. anytime soon. Never heard a good word about that <laughs> movie. Uh, no. And then no. you have Cloud Atlas, uh, and then 2013 is um, Captain Phillips and Saving Mr. Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are the two immediate before right. this one. Uh, we recently talked about Captain mm-hmm. Phillips a bit on our podcast. Uh, I love that movie. That's a movie that like, like weirdly emotionally unlocks me and makes me sob in a huge way. 
Uh, and I think his performance is tremendous in it. I know Amelia's colder on it. Um, and then uh, Saving Mr. Banks is just very funny uh movie movie mm-hmm. to exist in which he plays walt disney which is like that's a bold thing to do to like play walt disney and the walt disney in the movie about making mary poppins um well that well the funny thing about singing mr banks i have i don't think i've seen sure. it oh my God. but I that know. almost not a not that um, surprising many people haven't i feel like <laughs> it but it rings to me yeah. as the same on the surface that you won't you be my neighbor does whoa as whoa, like let's hey, all calm oh, down it's now. a beautiful day in the neighborhood is the name no of okay oh oh i'm sorry yes 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 um Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, but I, I'm just saying, like, okay, Hanks as Walt Disney, Hanks as Fred Rogers, like that. You know, it's sure. kind of like, oh, that should yes. work, right? It's Although like people that, have more problems um, with him playing Walt Disney than they do with having yeah, yeah, him yeah, play yeah, Fred yeah. Rogers. Yeah, I just mean like sort of like a, um, a right. Uh, an icon plays you know, an icon sort of thing, right? Right? right, right yeah. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Right, and then Bridge of Spies. And one also... just hates Jewish people, so that's sure. you know whatever. Oh, you know what I. He's also yeah. I should have. You know. In in 2015, he's also briefly in or I don't know maybe not briefly. He's in Ithaca, the Meg Ryan Meg Ryan's first movie. Um, which mm-hmm. did we see the trailer for the new Meg Ryan movie? Yeah, it looks, I think it looks, it looks good. promising. I think it looks yeah. good. I'd watch yeah. it. I'd yeah. watch it. Yeah. yeah, I hope it's good. Yeah. Um, I'll watch and then it. hologram for the king, Sully. Duchovny, I I can see her like sparring yeah, yeah, well yeah. off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, hologram for the king, Sully, and Inferno are 2016. Uh, this isn't as bad of a decade as I thought it was. No, actually. I mean, yeah, there's just there's a lot of like nondescript movies in here. Uh, the Circle, well, the Circle, Inferno. It's like if I watched that, I imagine that might be one of the worst movies. Sure. So I mean, maybe it's better than Da Vinci Code. Maybe it's better than Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code, not good. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Uh, the circle and the Inferno and the circle back to back is really rough. The that Inferno is, and the circle. Yeah. That's about maybe his worst Inferno two back to back ever, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen the circle. Have Real contender. Inferno. Uh, and then 2019. I get it. We just said Larry Crown's extremely loud and incredibly close. But uh, sure. Maybe mm-hmm. La- I can't maybe imagine Larry, Larry Crown is that bad. Like it's probably. I, I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine being mad at Larry Crown. Right? I don't know. Um, this, actually, yeah, this 2000s might be like worse, actually. Harmless. I'm looking at it now. His 2000s... Okay, well, it starts off really hot. Sure. And then after 2002, it's Lady Killers, then The Terminal, then something called Elvis has left the building, then Polar Express, then he's in Cars, The Da Vinci Code, Charlie Wilson's War, if not seen... Uh, the Great Buck Howard, I don't know what the fuck that is. Angel and Demons. And then he comes back with Toy Story 3. So, like, he starts off that decade really hot. And then with the 2010s, it's just, like, every every two movies will make a good one. Right. And he, yeah, and, you know, and he ends that decade with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which he finally is once again Oscar-nominated for. Um, so he's he sort of, like, it's sort of really... That's a great I movie. movie. Yeah. A lot. What are they uh, I like that he uh, he starts and ends the decade with Toy Stories. That's true. He does. It's like satisfying. Um Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah. Is there like a defining Hank's role that comes out of the decade? Maybe Captain Phillips? Captain Cap- Phillips you probably have to put Captain up. Captain Phillips is pretty iconic. I guess Sully yeah. some in some corners Sully is sort of iconic for people. 
he I saved don't know how a much lot of that souls. is mm-hmm. is the guy mm-hmm. is like the guy he's playing versus the. They should have done it in July. There. Yeah, Larry uh-huh. Crow, kind of iconic, but not in a good way necessarily. What <laughs> uh, <laughs> else? Cloud. I mean, one of his f- three favorite films he's ever worked on. That's Cloud true. Atlas. He loves. Cloud yeah, Atlas. that's right. Cloud really Atlas will, made the three. Really yeah, that's that right. Movie. I. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool that he's proud of it. He's a little yeah. tough in some of the, his performances in that movie, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. I yeah. really like him. I admire the ambition of that movie. Is it's that one of his more where, brave performances. Is that like, where yeah. he plays my? He plays a lot of different things in that movie. He's like a he does, he's like a London. There are culturally inappropriate. There are people doing. There are people doing yellow face he is not one of them i don't ah okay okay he is not and one. Then, other people and are. Then the it's f- like jim sturges right. and hugh grant and then in, in the, fu- in the yeah, future yeah, one grant, too yeah. they're all speaking like a weird yeah like, they're all talking like about the true true english right yeah that's like the true true right the true true keith david's in it <laughs> oh i gotta watch this yes oh cloud atlas it's a lot it's a lot yeah, of Cla- you said yeah it, like set I, aside yeah. a day and Watch and that's, process. That's why I. <laughs> my girlfriend's sick Even right now, so like... I have days. I need to do something with him. <laughs> yeah, you can read. That's a, yeah, that's that a, I, oh sure, you could read. I don't read. Yeah, that's true. Well, the thing about it, it's like, even if I was asked to name, like, is there cultural appropriation in Cloud Atlas? I'd be like, I think it's just a lot to be like. Oh, I I can't remember moments because it's just a lot. There's a lot going on in, in Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like a move. That's like. It's, it is more impressive as a swing than as a movie, but I do think there's a lot of good stuff about it as yeah. a movie. I would like to cover it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's iconic I, role is probably Captain Phillips, and then you do Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. But it's like a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is just tough because it's like, mm-hmm. can you be iconic? Playing an iconic. An icon. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, would what, you say yeah. that Daniel Day playing Abraham is iconic? Not the son of Abraham, but Abraham not Lincoln. Now, now. It is to a certain. <laughs> it is to a oh. certain extent, but it's never going to be Daniel played. That, right. That right. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's his. Fa- that's his. Maybe if it was. That's his. Fa- that's his follow up to. Yeah. Daniel maybe it will, if it was like farther away from Daniel. Or no, nine's the follow up. Never mind. Yeah, it is nine. Do not get me started on that. A lot of <laughs> movies, we're, we're circling around a lot of movies. You know, the theater. A lot of movies not to get Andy started on in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, well, and also, like, I don't know. Yeah. A Beatles Neighborhood, like, you know, you should do an episode on it, obviously. Like, that's, like, I, yeah, yeah. But, like, the way that movie, like, deconstructs Fred Rogers and uses him as, like, a, like, uses him in unexpected ways, I think. Like, it is not, like... Mm. Here is a movie about Fred Rogers being a great guy, decent guy, and like, th- like there, it's much more than that, and like him not being the main mm-hmm. character. Very is like clever, extremely movie. important yeah. to how well yeah. that movie works. I um, love Matthew Reese. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, check out the post too for for more Matthew. Um, That's true. Uh, check out the Americans. Great television show. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, this well, and also like yeah, I'm I'm curious where he's going from here. Obviously, we all we all have Otto fever. We all love the man called Otto. We've all met the man called Otto. Yes, we've met him. But I do think that that's a good point by Clay, where it's like 
for as much as like the 2010s are talked about as like a weird period where he doesn't get nominated for Oscars, the late aughts are the like, what what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Polar Polar Express. To, and I do like, think that that d- does sort of speak to it to a certain extent of just, like, that run just probably kills him as the idea of just, like, a current vital movie star as to even when in the 2010s he's doing good work, people are like, oh, but he's just, like, a grandpa now. Like, if, if, yeah. if he had kept a, a more consistent run throughout, I can see him just getting, like, a bunch more Oscar nominations and people just being like... Speaking of Tom Hanks, almost in the same way you'd speak about Tom Cruise, where it's like, even if there are, like, yeah. peaks and valleys, you think of Tom Cruise as a person who's been a vital movie star for 40 years, whereas with Tom Hanks, you're like, at some point, he graduated right. to Grandpa. And yeah. I think Toy Story 3 is when he becomes America's Grandpa, too. Like, that, Maybe, that's when but, he starts but it's to, like... like that, that's, like, a bit in Simpsons movie, which is, like, a couple years before that, you know? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, um, Simpsons, right. Simpsons movie, his, it, he cameos as himself, and his, his, his big joke is, uh, like, America doesn't have any credibility, so it's borrowing mine. Um, and when he <laughs> is, like, in a PSA or whatever. Pretty funny joke. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting that, like, in uh, um, Polar Express to Toy Story 3. He's just not working as frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As he does in uh, in the Right. Tunes, I mean, right. Which I I yeah, but Well, yeah. Uh, and there's just there's more of a record to be like more consistent. Right. Yeah. It seems as, like he really like, took Charlie Wilson's war not landing toughly. Personally. Like it seems like that was right. like yeah. he really like regrouped after that cuz it's all like cameos and <laughs> yeah. stuff until yeah. Angels and yeah, Demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's like yeah, stuff yeah, about that yeah. in the like the excellent uh Mark Harris Mike Nichols uh yeah. biography mm-hmm. where where everybody was just like home run out of the right. park Sorkin, Mike Nichols, Aaron Sorkin. Nichols Hanks, yeah, 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 Roberts, yeah. like <laughs> right Roberts, right Hoffman yeah right the Oscars incoming like right right just right <laughs> yeah, off the check yeah. for 200 million dollars Peter arriving soon and then that movie yeah. was just like it did like all right yeah and, and it, yeah and that, I think everybody yeah did. Hoffman's really great in that one yeah. scene like that's like uh-huh. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah that's kind of the consensus yeah I was lucky in that um I, I was studying theater when I was in, in college, university, and I got a job before I got out of college. It wasn't really a job. It was just an offer um, to work in uh, classical repertory theater uh, in which the pay was going to be the professional experience that went along with it. And there was, there was a group of us. We all went, and we knew we would be gone for four or five months. We knew we would have something to do with either five or six productions that were in repertory. And just the activity was enough to to warrant going. I, I had no I had no preconceived notions of anything. I had you know saved up enough money and to barely survive, and something would happen. And it just so happened that the the, the going actually was the most important aspect of it, um, because I went, and after I was there, there was one particular show that needed a bigger cast than the professionals could. Uh, uh, the professional company could uh, um, could supply, and because I was there, and I ended up getting actually paid fifty dollars a week, which was the difference between <laughs> life and death. So um, <clears throat> I, I always felt as though there was something on the horizon that would come down the pike that would get me through the next the next few months. But as far as 
you know, as far as uh, you know, bona fide break goes, the only thing you can go on is your your faith and and uh, and your instinct and that that window of cushion that you give your that you would be able to give yourself of a you know enough money literally to pay your rent. I, I was married and I had a kid at the time and uh, just always needed to have. I said, well, I got 800 bucks in the bank. I think I'm good for about another three months. I was operating on so much in, just instinct and energy. I would have perhaps told myself to say, if it's if you right now you're, you're putting 60% energy into 40% instinct, reverse that. Make it 60% instinct and 40% energy. I was just loud. <laughs> I was I was just fast, um, and I, I I sort of like would would um, swamp the process with just this kind of like blind. Uh, accelerated pace that uh, that was the only that that's the only way I that was the only speed I knew how to operate, and um, you know you you learn how to start examining the text in a different way when you are sure enough that you have the opportunity to work again. And by the time I had finished my third year of that of that repertory company, and was in New York and was working in some other median, I still had not learned how to operate at a slower pace of examining the text, I was still just trying to say, hey, I got this part because I'm loud and I'm fast and I'm funny. I just kept throwing myself into that. So I, I could have learned probably a few years earlier in order to take your time and do the interior work yourself that you need to do, um, that you can do alone just by, just by studying the text. Before that, I would just learn the text and then do it as opposed to really like sort of planning out a mode of attack. Directors are made, you know, they're born that way. Um, I, I, every director I've worked with has been completely different from the others. Um, some directors talk to you a lot, some don't talk to you at all. Some rehearse you literally with tape on the floor and the text in your hands. And others won't even, won't even put you through any paces until you, you show up during the day. I would say to any director, it's like cast well, trust, you know, you have, to, you have to trust the cast that you have hired. Don't give them the job if you don't think they're going to, you know, you're not going to have faith in what, what they deliver unto you. And feel free to talk. Some of the best direction I've ever got was, can you try something different? You know, that, that's a completely legitimate direction to receive. Um, and uh, sometimes that's all that is required. Uh, and I think a, a, a director, other than that, man, just plan the shots so, you know, so you'll get your shots. Be organized, quite frankly, be organized. In the beginning, I was just thrilled to know that someone was asking me to be in a movie, and I thought that was all that was required. And as long as they keep asking, everything, everything will fall, fall into place. Um, and I think I had to become dissatisfied with my own process, you know, five or six movies in, where I, I, I was feeling that that um, I was not I was not bringing I was not bringing to the work anything other than that uh, anything other than that instinct, and that's when I realized that you know, okay, I'm part of me got older, and I think even if you're as old as 29, you you have a different set of, of chops and, and perspective. You have a different, believe it or not, wisdom than you did when you were 24. 
And I think about every five years, uh, I went through some sort of process of re-examining where I was in life, you know, as a man, as well as an actor, and thinking like, guess what, I'm 36 now, and there's a whole world of movies that I can't make anymore because I can no longer, I don't want to play the young man who's trying to figure out life. I want to play a man of bitter compromise. I want to play somebody who's, who's been through something. So it's a never-ending process, I think, of examining where you are uh, in life as a human being uh, and then transposing that so it's going to be reflected in your work. So. Yeah, but he's really great here. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's fantastic. Like, but at some, yeah, it, And it's like at some point you're just I mean, like, well, of course, it's Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It's Tom yeah, Hanks yeah, in a Spielberg yeah. movie. Tom, right. It can't really be. I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I, Tom Hanks like is one of my probably top three or four favorite actors. I'm not sure if Around Bridge of Spies is when I would start saying that it's maybe a little later it maybe need a couple more mm-hmm. hits from him i think uh where before i'm like that i don't know maybe maybe it may, i mean captain phillips really did yeah. blow me away but like it is yeah he i i love him i think he's so good in this movie and i do think like spiel like his spielberg movies especially are all i think really great like he's so funny in catch me if you can. i haven't seen the terminal Ter- terminal uh, terminal is... i think he's fun in it, it yeah He's doing a, he's doing a thing that I just, it's a, it's a performance that's, that's like so unnatural. I feel he's kind of miscast in the terminal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's, 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 I have a lot of problems with that movie. I know people who love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shout out, shout out to Cullen, uh, who loves that movie. Um, Um, See, with me, I think Tom Hanks sort of goes almost in the exact Steven Spielberg bucket of just like, just an expert, always knows what he's doing. I'm always glad to see him. He's always doing good work. But I think mm-hmm. there's almost like too little idiosyncrasy in there for me to ever be like, that's my favorite actor, Tom Hanks. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I, I, I almost would rather go with like someone who I'm like, they're maybe not as good an actor as Tom Hanks, but I, I sort of just vibe with like what his idea of acting or like mm-hmm. the directions he's willing to go. Whereas Hanks is always good, but he's maybe yeah. not always doing something that where I'm like, huh, that's fascinating. <laughs> sure. Well, I think Definitely. him and Wes in a Wes Anderson film was why that was so surprising mm. is because you're like, he's going to be weird. And I yeah. think also like lady killers is a sore thumb for that. For that lady like, killers reason. is maybe the one where you're like, Huh. <laughs> right. So you're really doing something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an really asteroid Colonel Sanders here. Sure. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're like in a commercial. Um in like Asteroid City, he is still like Tom Hanks, but he's still working yeah. within the Wes Anderson confines. And I think he actually is a terrific in Asteroid City. I think he's really yeah, he's good. Really f- he's good in that. It's weird, yeah. you know. I think it's hard to think of him as, like, a highlight in that movie. Like, I feel like he is, mm-hmm. like... Everyone's just good. Right. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. good. I really he's, like, like, I guess he's not in the part of the movie that is, like, doing interesting structural things. Like, he's just sort of, like, it, like he's only at the very center and is, like, like just, like, doing exactly what is asked of him, I guess. And I playing feel. American America's grandpa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, like, has great bits and good line deliveries. And, 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 uh, and like, he, like, he's perfectly great in that movie but like he has really good right. chemistry with but he's Schwartzman. not really like what's exciting about that movie to me I think. no yeah. no yeah no 
Yeah, that's that's sort of what it means. Like Tom Hanks, where he shows up in that movie, and it's like, oh, you are really good. You nailed this on the first try. But it, there are also people in that movie, like Adrian Brody, where I'm like, Adrian Brody, like ninety percent of Adrian Brody's performances in movies are worse than what Tom Hanks is giving me. But there's a ten percent where I'm like, Adrian Brody's really cooking here, and I really like. I see what you mean. Yeah, because yeah. because Hanks, Hanks, it. It's tough to judge because you'll you'll sometimes hear like so and so actors can't elevate material that's mid, but then Hanks probably can, uh, just because he's so effortless. But then like someone, yeah, like an Adrian Brody or a Jason Schwartzman, like once they're locked into an auteur, like Wes Anderson's, like yeah, like that's when they when they can cook. Yeah, and it's like we yeah. we when our first of our juries that we ever did bit. Like one of our big jury episodes, we talked about Cam Blockbusters with Griffin Newman, and that's when we talked about Da Vinci Code. And I, I, my my take on Da Vinci Code is like that is like the one movie, but though maybe you feel a different way about the Turbo Jack, where it's like I feel Da Vinci Code is the one movie where I'm like, Tom Hanks is making this movie worse. That is like the one time where I'm like, that's like the one movie where it's like I rather just be a different it's, actor rather than Tom Hanks. It's mm-hmm. tough. That's I mean right. And like I don't know, a Tom Hanks franchise. There's three of there those movies. There are three it's of crazy. those movies. I will probably never watch the other two. It would take no. quite something to get me to watch the other two. I think. Uh, um, but like, yeah, the idea of Tom Franks having Tom Hanks having a franchise. I guess it makes sense that it is like a uh, an airport novel f- phenomenon that he become that like he picks to be his franchise. Like that makes that like that's a I guess on paper is a good match of man and and audience right, but like he's really, I mean yeah like yeah that movie is like, too it's yeah. a, too not anything to like really like it's trying to be too crazy mm-hmm. but it's not working as crazy yeah uh, yeah yeah that's where it's like even maybe a bet even a or better example Adrian, Bro- Adrian Brody is like when I we were talking right. about that I was like. Like if if Nicholas Cage is in this, right. is in the uh, Da Vinci Code, then it's good. Then it's like National Treasure, and this is like crazy silly good. Right. But Tom Hanks mm-hmm. can sometimes deliver too much integrity for something that yeah, does right. not deserve it. Right. Or right. It. It's like yes, he can't. He doesn't understand. He he needs to be like it, he doesn't understand. He can't be trashy. Like the he situation. Tra- he's not a trashy man. He can't be trashy. He's not a trashy right, man. Right. He just can't do it. He needs to be like I am in a comedy and this is supposed to be funny and here is me trying to be funny Which I mean, and the yeah. thing that i'm trying to be funny in is the terminal and the lady killers like that is me being well funny. i mean he came up in comedy like obviously like many of his early performances yeah, right, like right, right. That's, this big is the yeah. burbs like splash joe versus the volcano is like a crazy movie that i love um that he's i guess he's sort of the normal center in it mostly then you have all the rom-coms i mean i don't know he like uh, the Money Pit was a was a big VHS classic back in the day for me. Like we're like we're home from school in the summer. We're gonna watch The Money Pit. Like I don't know. He 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 does play comedy a lot early on. But um, I guess him being like wacky in a in what in in a movie that is presenting things very straight laced. Like it's not like The Da Vinci Code isn't trying to be funny. It just would be funny if it were good. I think. Is maybe yeah. the mm-hmm. problem with the Da Vinci Code? Is the, like, He's just not yeah. idiosyncratic or like eccentric really anymore. 
and, yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just the way he's gone but it does i understand the idea of just like it makes you almost less interested in like his career um yeah i guess we say that and then Elvis just happened. He sure. did do Elvis. Elvis. That is fair enough. I forgot you know about I did forget about that, Elvis. I, yeah. I haven't seen it. That performance. Uh, I, you know. I kind of like that. That is for me. That That is me being like, you know what? Hank, yeah. you decided to go for it this time. Yeah. I got to give you Cer- Right. I certainly, I think he's basically <laughs> fulfilling what that movie is asking him to do. Yes. Um, yes, I'm not my, a huge yeah, fan of what that movie is asking him to do, I don't yeah. think. I like that. I don't think it's like an interesting yeah thing for I, him to be I, I also uh, think that cartoonishly like, evil but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's a good movie in there i like that movie i do also think him being that crazy sort of selfless in that i think he realizes that one of either him or butler needs to be like the serious one here and he's willing to just take the like He's willing to be s- sort of silly and energetic so the movie can have that energy while Butler gets to, like, mm-hmm. give his performance that is very, like, accurate and soulful and in a way yeah. that I really yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. It's a good balance. Sure. It's yeah. a good balance. Yeah. Is that movie the greatest film that's ever been made? No. Yes. No. <laughs> have I... Have I have, there's actually an argument for it, but I, I've seen it twice and both times I've been like, you know what? I like Elvis. <laughs> Yeah. So that is a good call. I had forgotten about Elvis. You came up. Well, right. La- up. Last year yeah. it was it was yeah. Elvis, Pinocchio, and then oh, Pinocchio is like that's. And speaking of movies, yeah. you'd have to pay me to watch <laughs> Pinocchio. No, you. But I'm like, you don't have to give favor to Zemeckis sure. every time. Although, like, it doesn't have to be an automatic yes. Sounds crazy. Oh yeah, Here? yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump reunion, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're, they're doing a movie called Here, which is like. Oh. It's based on this graphic novel that is mostly a series of still images with like different panels in it. And that it all that like are all in like different time periods. I think it's like a weird the yeah. fucking fuck. Yeah, it sounds crazy. Oh. Bobby Z is trying to make it into a movie, which our you know our our friend Jesse has like knows that book that book well. I think and is like yeah, because that's like one of those classic like. You know, mid to 2010s, like, you read The New Yorker, you drink your cappuccino. Right. The this, New Yorker is right. like, oh, this graphic novel is Gra- actually for right. adults. Graphic <laughs> novels can be art, man. Like, sort of. Like, yeah. It's like there with, like, Chris. Get a load of this. It's like there with, like, Chris yeah. Ware and, stuff right. and, like, other stuff. But she, yeah, yeah she, yeah. Jesse flagged that very early on. It's like, this is a crazy thing to attempt to make a movie out of. And potentially, <laughs> yeah. only Robert Zemeckis can, like, get the resources possible to like yeah even that movie by, come close to attempting yeah. like what the book goes for i'm so, out yeah. i'm out on him i'm done i'm done i can't do it he's like fucking christmas I'm carol out. is one of the worst pieces of shit i've ever seen i'm done carol's bad carol's carol's rough i can't i can't i'm not i'm not fully a zamekas defender he's i i acknowledge that he has made several bad films this is one project I'm like, this sounds like this sounds like one of the few actual real life examples of somebody getting to make like one hundred million dollar art film where it's just like Yeah, it looked it does sound intriguing. Where it's yeah. a, just like there's no way this has like a traditional narrative that like nothing nothing 
like you can't read that book and be attracted by like the plot or whatever. It it, it is truly like just like yeah. a function of visuals. Right. And, and it's well, is it gonna be yeah. a big and budget? Do we know? I that? think it has to be. Robert Zemeckis doesn't make it's, small it's budget like, movies. It's, it's like, like Zemeckis. Hank. Who's giving him this money? Right, it's though. the it's, it's like, the Forrest Gump team getting back together. Robin Wright is uh, in yeah. it. Yeah, Eric Robin Wright's Rodin. attached. The screenwriter. Like, yeah, yeah. But Pinocchio was the fucking return, wasn't it? That was also like the Forrest Gump return. I don't think or, it was. I don't know. That was a Disney remake. That's all that was. That was a Disney live Oh, so remake. this yeah. one's going to... Oh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, that's like an automatic yes to a studio. It's like the team from Forrest Gump, right? Like, I think so. Um, yeah, but didn't Pinocchio I don't, like, I, bomb tremendously? It was a Disney Plus original. Who gives a shit? It was a Disney Plus original. Well, yeah. I mean, it costs a lot of money. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there. Well, also, it came out like as they were like... Being like, oh, this Disney Plus original thing doesn't work, right? So, like, no one is blaming that movie specifically. They were like, this whole enterprise doesn't work. And so they need to, like, like because, you know, and Chapek was out and Iger's back. All, all, we don't need to go into the vagaries yeah, of who right. is in control of the Walt Disney Corporation right now. They should make a fair deal with the writers. Um, can we get back? <laughs> can I, uh, can we talk about Mark Rylance, please? Yes, okay. I was just going to bring up um, Mark Rylance. Yes. Mark Rylance, very important actor for me as someone who went to college in New York City in the 2008 to 2012 time period. When he, I, I, one of the first things I saw my freshman year of college was his Tony winning performance in Boeing, Boeing, which is like a 60s farce. Uh, and I have seen, I had seen several Mark Rylance performances. And like, so I was very excited for him in this movie. Like he hadn't really done... Mm-hmm like movie movie he's like in films but he's not like yes. he had never like and it and it was like oh spielberg's making him his guy because around the same time they're like he's also going to be the bfg right and it's like oh is like, he's also going to be in ready player right One. and like it's like oh is he- right because since I, I believe it's around this time or soon to be the gene wilder will pass mm-hmm. right which like the that that right. role that was the, that that, was the pitch. Um, right yeah that was that was like um yeah so i was very excited I saw him, loved him in this movie, and then, like, the whole thing, like, mm-hmm. we can talk specifically about the performance, but I do want to talk about the Oscar, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, where do you guys stand? Uh, so, on, that on, is, on like, that. my favorite Oscar win of all time, uh, partially because <laughs> I called it. I would, like, the you know, the whole narrative that year was, like, Stallone is, is getting it. Like, mm-hmm. Stallone and Creed, like, it's time or whatever. As he should have. Yes. And, absolutely not. Um, you still think that? <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> And the the whole time I'm like, you guys don't understand. Mark Rylance wins <laughs> awards. Like that's like what he, like he wins yeah. awards for yeah. acting. Like that is like what he is he does. Like you don't un- like all you yeah. movie people don't get it. Like Mark Rylance is just gonna <laughs> win an award. He's gonna go up. He's gonna recite a poem, and everyone's gonna be baffled. Um, and so the moment when they called his name at the Oscars was one of the happiest moments of my life. I was so <laughs> excited and happy. That's like, such a sad statement. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah. I, I, well, but then it was met with a crushing disappointment when he did not just recite a poem, but instead gave a pretty normal, a nor, a pretty normal <laughs> right, like, right, thank right. you to the Academy and to Steven Spielberg's speech. Um, but he is also you, the second you think, act- was, you think that's because he wasn't expecting winning, or did somebody ask him just be like... I think he's <laughs> talked about it and is like... Well, the t- anyone can do anything at the Tonys. Who gives a shit? But, like, the Oscars, like, you have to, like, treat with, like, more dignity, I guess, is, is sort of been his take, mm-hmm. I, I think. 
Um, but also, he is yeah. also the second yeah. actor to win an, uh, an acting Oscar for being in a Spielberg movie, I believe. Right? Because it's... Cause yes. it was, that's it was, and it then, was crazy. Uh, they, yeah. And, and then, yeah. like, obviously... And then, um, uh, DeBose. Uh, yeah. West Side Story. Yeah, DeBose. So there's yeah. three. Now. That's fucking um, nuts. Yeah. Well, what would be even better is, like, that's why everybody was like, oh, that would, like, complete the quartet if Michelle Williams won sure. for people. Right. Dance, right. Um, um, no, but I think he's fantastic in this. Yeah. Like, oh, does yeah. so much with, like, a few scenes. Like, it's it's the kind of perfect supporting performance. It is, yeah. Where it really doesn't take that much screen time to It's a real supporting performance. His uh, uh, Would It Help bit, some, yeah. I think, is great. It's so funny. Yeah. Great bit. Um, great bit. Five out of five yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the, such good the, fun, the funny thing about this performance is I think it certainly has to be the, the first Mark Rylance performance I'd ever seen. Sure. And it is, a, mm-hmm. and it wins an Oscar. Same. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? It's a, it is a great performance. Yeah. You it's do love like Creed. Creed. You love Creed a lot. I mean, Creed's my, my favorite movie. I so I think so. So I think. Same. 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 So I think absolutely. That's yeah. Stallone. I cry every time. So it's like I yeah. probably it's I really probably good. think Stallone's really good. But really I think Riley does a great job. But what I was gonna say is like. When I first watched it and I first knew he won an Oscar, I'm like, you know what? He's giving such an interesting performance as like this very specific, weird guy embroiled in all these different sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then watching every other Mike Rylance performance and him in real life and be like, oh, he, maybe he's just like this weird and specific in real life. He's, he just has yes, an incredibly right. weird yeah. well, and, he and then he starts, he starts to like... He's been bad. Right. I usually defend right. I think him. He's I don't like pretty him good in, in Bones and All. Up. I liked him Bones and All. Bones I think that's all. one of the that's an embarrassing performance he should be ashamed for. That's for Bones and that All performance. No, don't Oh, uh, for, oh don't, I like Bones and All. No, don't look, don't look up. up. Oh, oh, oh. Don't, don't look, look up. up is that's a yeah, disgusting that's not a performance. It's um, so bad. Yeah. I also don't think he's that it's good a, in Ready Player 1. I think it's it, I I I'm I'm I I want to be in on him and I'm out. Yeah. I think uh, don't look. Yeah. I, I can't. That was. I usually movie yeah. that's all bad performances. He gives the worst one. That's impressive. Yeah, he's good in Dunkirk. Um, yeah, I, oh, we, right, I was just Dunkirk. gonna bring he up Dunkirk because we because we call. just discussed yeah. we just did Dunkirk a few months ago. Um, and it's, it's funny. Like it is three weeks ago. He'll probably be good it in that came, Malick movie that's never gonna like, come out ever. Where he, he plays like the devil. Right? Yeah, yeah. He was gonna play Jesus or the He's devil. Gonna play yeah, the that's devil. right. That yeah. movie's that yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. Just like I mean, it's Malick gonna come up that. in like six years, right? Like we're gonna <laughs> yeah, every. Right. It will continue to be a fixture on Can I Think It's Year Ahead preview, where we will continue <laughs> to say maybe this is the year the Malick movie comes out. <laughs> My take on him is that yeah. he's a guy where it's almost bad he won that Oscar. Because it locked him in a box a bit, yeah. It like put him in a box, but even that, even beyond that, I think it almost sometimes gave him in some of these movies like almost too much prestige. Where pe- I'm sure directors were like, Mark Rylance, he's a pro, he won an Oscar, just let him do it thing. Where maybe somebody should have been like, we're gonna give him a small little role where he can cook. And instead, yeah. we're, gonna give yeah. him, we're gonna let him do a lot. I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I will yeah. also say, at, at having seen him in several stage performances, he has exhibited much more range on stage than I think he has in film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, he's like I, he's like also locked in by like his age or whatever. Sure, like, right. He's yeah. gonna get like a very particular. Yes. Has anyone seen um, the uh, what's the uh, the the TV miniseries uh, uh, where he's like the king? 
Why am I blanking on the name of it? Wolf Hall? Wolf Hall, yes. Has anyone watched that? No. I wonder no, if he's good no. in that. I think I watched, like, the first episode. Uh, I remember I remember the thing I, mean, thing I remember Thomas about... Thomas Cromwell, to be clear. Sure, Thomas Cromwell. That's he's right. Not the king. My main memory That's of... like a... Yeah, that's like a novel I've always meant to read. Right. Because it's like in a very famous uh, novel. I want to shout out one of my favorite tweets of all time where Margaret Lyons said, uh, it's the hattingest show in the world, which really made me laugh mm. uh, at the time. Um, that's a very yeah. funny Can you get that's now? Funny. Now, uh, to look at the, the Oscars again, we remember Stallone. Yeah. Of course, Stallone V. Right. Well, well I mean... Rylance came out of nowhere, except he went. Can we remember the three, the three others? Um, yeah, the best. Twenty fifteen. Is, is that Spotlight yeah, Year? Yeah. So it is, is that like Ruffalo? So yes. Ruffalo? 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 Yep. No, I know yep. it's Ruffalo. Yep. It's like all... Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, Keen doesn't get nominated. None of these are like super hard. Is it? Is that the Revenant Year also? Is yeah. That, like is Tom Hardy. Hardy. Hardy's in, Hardy's in, which is kind of like, oh, really? They sure. liked it, th- but they really liked that movie. I don't remember. Does Tom Hardy have? Does Tom Hardy have other Oscar nominations? That would be very funny if he did it. I for what? I think that's his only what nomination. What he nominated for? Yeah, that's right. I, I nothing comes to mind for. I'm I'm a sucker for Hardy, so I, I can't say what performance of his is bad or not. I just like him. But then there's one more. There's this is like kind of a you know it, it it's not like a super dark horse. Sure. But, um, what else is twenty fifteen? It's, it's not Argo. This movie won a major Oscar. I'll say. I'll like say screenplay. That. Or this. Or like I'm gonna guess there's a female. What's the movie with like? Is this a Carol year? I think not. It is, it the, is Carol. the Carol. But it, but I there's, there's no guys. It's not Jay Glacey yeah. getting nominated. <laughs> it's not a Kyle Chandler <laughs> stealth nominee. Kyle Chandler should be nominated for an Oscar. At some I mean, point. I would He's love been him. Best in the work. In best supporting Harge in Carol. Right, so an outstanding Harge. achievement in playing a character named Harge. Harge um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the other movies of this year because oh. it's like I, yeah, I pulled. Is it um When was um no wait when was uh fucking the uh, Manchester by the Sea? No, that's the that's this the, would that's be the next year. year. The it's next uh, year. it's yeah. Big Short, isn't it? It's who got it's, it's the Big Bale, Short, right? Bale got nominated because they couldn't yeah, stop Bale. nominating. It's Bale, Bale in the Big Short, for, yeah. Uh, McKay yeah. movies. Yeah. Oh, they really lo- they re- the, the Academy really loves Christian Bale. Yeah. The they love the wealth Christian Bale. That's it. Yes. They love they the love Welsh. When they love their Bale. Welsh people. Yeah. Which, Big Short is not yeah. one of Christian Bale's most remembered performances, I would say. Like, no, I think, no. I'm like low-key a Christian Bale defender. I like Christian Bale. Oh, I and like I think Christian that, Bale, too. I think he's actually a good I think dad. I even like him in the Big Short fine. Like, I think... Like, I, he, that, I think it's like a pretty good... Per- I wouldn't yeah. nominate him, but I, that's like a pretty good performance. It's just forgettable, I think, in a way. Like, that, that's like... That's, that's like an eight out of ten performance in a six out of ten movie. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That's a great, way to, yeah, a lot that's a great of, way to put it. Yeah. It has a lot of actors who I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're in it, but I can't remember exactly. Like that's the kind of movie that is where it's like, yeah, Steve Carell, I know for sure. Gosling, I think. Jeremy Strong. Gosling, right? yeah. yeah. Gosling. Wait, what was Jeremy? Oh, Jeremy Strong. From a, okay, never mind. I thought you meant Mark Strong, and I'm like, what? Was, who was Mark Strong in that movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mark Strong could be in it. Who knows? Mark, yeah, you, right. That's another. As a foreign British investor, here's, right, here's here's Mark Strong and uh, taking a hot shower or whatever. To yeah, Bridges Five favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah. Billy Magnuson is in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Magnuson yes, is so good. yes. Um, the, Magnuson is phenomenal in this. He shows up. 
of course, yeah, like you have the, uh, the family dinner. In, yeah, it's true. Yeah, he does, he's not in it that much, but when he shows up to dinner and is like, "Oh, we're he leaves an impression," and yeah. like everyone yes, is yes. like, Ugh. "That's I don't oh, think we're anyone's taking ever this. smiled that much." Like his <laughs> smile is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. That's how the good feel uh, storytelling of just being like him saying he had a date, then the date not happening, right. and, and then, then his oh his yeah, and there's that yeah, one yeah. exchange. Yeah, and then the look they share. I. I was watching the um, the What the Flick review of this today, and it was like – so, someone complained about that part where it's like, oh, why include that if you're just going to drop it? But it's like the movie is like for the better if you're just going to include those tiny – I know, right? It's – yeah, like it wants on, to draw. It wants to draw three-dimensional yeah. characters. I like, don't want to see Billy Madison right, like right, going right, on a date right. with Hugh Houston later in the movie. Who cares about that? But like, it's funny. Well, yeah, I think I kind of do. <laughs> not in the, maybe not in Bridges Five. Sure, you told they me can, that was right. a movie. They can cancel it. the uh, the Disney Plus uh, Billy Magnuson Aladdin spinoff and just replace it with a Billy Magnuson Bridges Five spinoff. I I they can't imagine that's actually going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's not happening. There's no way. The balls uh, I like that, that we wasn't have... that crazy. Just like, no, we're doing yeah. it. And like, you are? I think uh, we have maybe Disney Plus, a, uh... I think Disney Plus goes under before they admit they're not making it. That's <laughs> <Sure>. funny. <laughs> it's always just like, and we're bumping up. Uh, well, no, it's right around the we're corner. We just have to, we got the script. Yeah, yeah, spin yeah. off two more years. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you are still imminent. From we're the, scouting uh, locations as we speak, right, actually. Yeah. I'm glad you have yeah, We're going to shoot it back to back with the Beauty and the Beast show. <laughs> yeah um i like how this is a game night reunion uh jesse plemons sure plemons yeah. uh also great in the post he, he shows yeah. up in the post too so yep yes plemons is good in the post um, yeah yeah this is I, I, sort of a, plemons is another person i forgot how little he is in this movie or I'm like i guess this is right before i forgot yeah. he was in this movie this is like right before yeah. plemons has so- somehow ascended to the level of like a tier act, A list act, just like <laughs> yeah. headlines movies. <laughs> yeah. Right, God, him, him yeah. in the Killers of the Flower Moon trailer, S tier, where it's like he, like they're saving him as the big like, oh fuck, like they're saving him for like the Spider Man <laughs> in the Captain America Civil War yeah, spot, honestly, where it's like, yeah. oh fuck, he's in this too, <laughs> like oh my god, like yeah, <laughs> the door opens and it's and it's Jesse right. Plemons is kind of like a big deal. I love, I'm yeah, so yeah. happy. I mean, yeah, Jesse honestly. Plemons giving, even when he's giving like very small performance, he's just like such a killer. I always think about him in The Master, where he's in like a oh, scene and so a half of The gosh. Master, and he just like. Yeah, it's just like a real like. Who is this guy? Yeah, who and that was like in the Breaking Bad this? era too, sure. where it's like he could even like go head to head with Joaquin and Todd. Todd is, is Todd his name in Breaking Bad? He, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Todd the uh, the nephew of the white supremacist. He's Landry uh, in Friday Night Lights. Yes, Landry's his name. Yeah. Yes. Um, he, he yeah. kills a person. Is Spoilers he, for the second. I, I, don't you love it that someone who's played characters named Todd and Landry is now headlining a Scorsese? Well, yeah. Um, is he good in Jungle Cruise? Did anyone see Jungle Cruise? I remember. I remember around that time, do, him doing press and being like, "This is the biggest." He's in Jungle able. Cruise. He's like the villain in Jungle Cruise. He's like the secondary yeah, villain, the villain, I think. Yeah. Um, and like in interviews, like I remember a, a killer quote because I think it was also around Power of the Dog or whatever. And he was like, 
Yeah. That's like the biggest yeah. I'm able to go. So I was like, I've always been curious how he is in that movie. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't imagine he's. I know bad. he's doing a he voice. He is the reason I, I would, I would consider checking that movie out, which I never did. Yeah, certainly. Um, I like Colette it, it's Sarah, Colette and Sarah. I still don't want to see that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Would Colette Sarah get you to watch Black Adam? Have you seen Black Adam? No, I mean. Well, obviously it hasn't because it hasn't yet. But I mean, I also like like Doctor Fate and Hawkman. And it's just like, why haven't I seen that? I just don't really want to. Nah. Um, but yeah. yeah, no. I mean, what was I going to say? Yeah, no. Magnuson's great. Plemons, I had no idea. I love his one. Like he has like two or three lines, but I love the lines like, like yeah. Uh, this kind of contrast. This is kind of like Steven Spielberg kind of comedy where. It's the Russians, like, you know, he's at giving this dude all these commands of, like, who it, like who are you? Take your hat off. And it sounds very menacing and very, like, dramatic. And then kind of Powers walks up, and he's like, hey, Powers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I didn't Murph. recognize the guy who plays Powers. Has yeah. he done anything? Yep, that's Powers. I don't he's know. White, <laughs> white supporting actor number five. I don't know. Like, he's, yeah. like, another well, white dude that looks just like another, yeah, another white dude. it's... It's Austin Stowell. And Everyone's favorite he actor. He rings to me as someone who's like Spielberg has him as like, you have the look. Right. You have and a he, great jawline. Like Let's presence. use that. Let's keep it pushing. He loves that kind of guy, especially recently, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Right. Especially yes. in this, like, when you're like, okay, I need some 50s ass. This a- era. 50 ass, a- ass uh, actors. I need people to really represent that time. Let's get the dude with the squarest jawline I've ever goddamn seen. Extremely angular. Um, <laughs> there, there is a few like Austin Stowell types in West Side Story. I guess he's, a, I guess he's in the White Lotus, but I don't remember. Oh, I, I don't remember him either. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy play, who plays, he plays the, um, backstage flirt in Behind the Candelabra. Sure. The, the guy oh, who plays the other guy at the East German embassy, <laughs> like the, the the young guy, the young ambitious guy or whatever, who he like, yeah, he really, his face looks he, crazy. He, he, oh, he rang Mike yeah. Feist bells for me for sure. I was like, that guy looks like Mike Feist. <laughs> yes, um, yes. He he rang to me as a Coen Brothers character actor because Coen Brothers are like the best at casting mm-hmm. ever. He looks like an alien. And he looks like an alien. Like, we can all say it. We can all just agree. He looks weird. Um, no, I mean, no, he was really good. He has that intense, you would think he'd be more intense just with that face. Um, but Mm. he's like, you know, like kind of mousy, but also not like overplaying that mousiness. He's just like, no, I get it. Yeah, no, I got it. He's really good. Things kid is one of the kids. Um, and then, uh, I do want to, Scott Shepard, who is a, uh, I was just going to, he's a bad person, but, uh, he, I think he's good in this movie. (laughs) Uh, Who's Scott Shepard? He's the CIA guy, um, who is like, no, Powers is the whole ball game. His is like his catch. He's a bad person. Yes, Mm -hmm. in real life, Um, we don't need to get into it. But um, uh, yes, I think he's good in the movie. I think he's like him being like, stop trying to get the other kid is like a very fun energy for him to play. And also the 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 scene where Hanks orders breakfast at the Hilton, yeah, and he's like, you you can't be here. What are you doing here? 
Why does Hanks yeah, have to yeah. stay at the shitty place? I don't quite understand why they make him stay at the shitty it's place. It's a it's a fun bit of comedy that does feel like another Coen I Brothers think, punch up. I think it, like it would just be kind of funny if we stick yeah. Donovan in like the lesser uh, motel. And I just I really like how he sells that moment in the Hilton when it's like great. You got him. Oh, the Hilton looks so home. nice. Like, As if like yeah yeah yeah. yeah that's a great yeah. bit of production design. Okay, and both yeah, those yeah. breakfasts sound great. I would I would eat both those breakfasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a really realistic, yeah. as a person who's been there, it's a really realistic depiction of just, like, you're just stuck in a place with getting very little sleep because a lot of stuff is happening. And mm-hmm. y- y- at the end of it, you're just like, I just want to eat, like, a very good meal and just, like, drink something because mm-hmm. that, and just get yeah. some sleep. Mm-hmm. That's just all I want. Um, and then, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the dialogue bit that I love is where he's like, Oh, you don't need to do that. In fact, you shouldn't do that. In fact, you can't do that. Like the escalation of that is like <laughs> is really good. It's really really yeah. good. Such a Coen Brothers yeah. dialogue. Uh, Amy Ryan's really good, albeit a thankless sure. role. Yeah, um, that, it's of. just very wifey, but she's a she just like, yeah. she's a you know she's a, she's a classic pro. She's yeah, just like a classic. Mm-hmm. The, 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 yeah. Uh, an Academy Award nominee sure. who just knows the what marmalade to do. bit yeah. is good. I think I like the marmalade bit a lot. Yeah, yeah, like, that's good. Got this yeah, from yeah. the corner. This store. is pro around the corner. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there were other things going yeah. on. It's a great bit yeah. of comedy, like, and then it is the like perfect, you know, like, she has basically time. the last moment right where she like, or I guess the last moments on the train, but like she has that other the, like mm-hmm. that other you know in one of the many Spielberg endings in this movie. Where she like looks at him asleep on the bed and is like, "Wow, like I'm married to like a real American hero or whatever," like, yeah, yeah. which is like a tough yeah, thing to ask yeah. an actress to do. In, yeah. uh, but I think she she carries mm-hmm. it off with, with D. Yes. I will say I have I have a similar thing to what Clay said about Rosie O'Donnell and Roseanne Barr, but it's Gene Smart, Amy Smart, and Amy Ryan. Sure. Mm-hmm. Are three people I get confused in my mind all sure. the time. Gene Smart would be great in this, I think. I mean, I'll I'll admit that while watching this, I was like, oh, what's this actress name? I forgot. And it's like, I want to say Gene Smart, but it's not Gene Smart. And then I was like, oh, it's Amy Smart. And then right now I'm like, no, it's Amy (laughs) Ryan. It's Amy. (laughs) I don't, I I, I wonder, because I'm thinking Gene Smart would be, would be like really good as, in a Spielberg movie. I think she She would. would. I mean, she's she be she's great. She's like in general, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah, we're. I think. I mean, you know, with hacks, I think we're on a Gene Smart resurgence upswing. I think. And Watchmen that was right before that too. Right. Like Watchmen. she was she was fabulous in Babylon. Sure, she was good in Babylon. They cut a lot of her Babylon, stuff out of Babylon. Th- I think. Um, Babylon. Yeah. I guess like from a prestige and like raising their profile, not helping anyone. I don't <laughs> think. But. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I, no, that was made for about. 17 people yeah, but you know, i certainly like we'll take what we get i guess this, yeah. this is an interesting place for this conversation to go and i don't know how close we are to wrapping up andy yeah Probably how do you feel close. about how do you feel about spielberg bullet where are you on that that's because that that does ooh. feel like the next thing he's making i, I that's mean, the logical right. next step it, i think it is like yeah. the least exciting direction he could go into me right now but also like he's given well, what me, else would you want him to make i mean i want him to keep making like domestic dramas that are about talking or whatever like i want like i don't know like he this is the thing is like he's made so many for me in his last little run that i'm like you can have one for you steven like go ahead and make like the action that's such a funny way to movie. put that uh 
like it's fine, but like it's not one where I'm like, oh well, there's my favorite movie of the year all sewn up. Like I'm not like I, that's not my yeah. expectation. For like it. I thought that about Fablemans. Like that's that is that will right. be it. Like this is kind of and it ended up being number one because it's just it, it's so in the I I, I can see so right. clearly what what it was gonna yeah. look like. But then with Bullet. Um, for me, Bullet after Fablemans makes sense yeah, to me. Of yeah. just like after you, you right. basically. I don't want to do it right. Ri- I don't want to do an everything one. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make something fun. I'm just gonna make something that's like mm-hmm. cool and fun. Yeah. And I, I well, don't when have was a, his? It's what I always wanted to do. When was his like last like blockbuster hit? Obviously, like obviously, Ready Player One did well, and I bet BFG did okay or whatever the fuck. But like, BFG let's be honest. Like, when was I mean, Crystal okay. Skull was big, but like, yeah, but when was Crystal his Skull. like home run blockbuster where box office didn't critics well? pop uh, pop culture? Tintin did okay, um, I think, but also was weird because they released it a week apart from War Horse. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, where it's like if you're looking at the last moment where people were like, Steven Spielberg is the most important filmmaker that, in America, the populist hero, whatever. It, like, it's like. Saving Private Ryan. Right. Of just like that movie made an insane amount of money and made all won all those Oscars and it was just like a huge hit. Right. I and, mean Minority right. Report then, right. Well it's I well it's funny because in, in our Lincoln episode I talk about how like Gen Z doesn't really have a Spielberg, which is a weird thing to think about, but it's more like you know, there isn't really a generational defining movie which is like i kind of i mean right gravitated like, to like as as like the generation before me like i guess movies. nolan doesn't count and or what, like he's he's too no, I think, millennial I, like i think what he's saying is like nobody like there's no spielberg movie that is for this generation. oh sure yeah yeah none, yeah, sure, none sure. of them are there's if you're like 15 or like 17 or whatever there's no spielberg movie where you're like this is my Right, yeah, I guess exactly. it would have to be like, oh, you like the Jurassic movies, so you go back, sort of thing. Exactly. Or, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, Raiders, yeah. and I'm like, I and I'm born in '99. Like, they're like you can yeah, read right, it, exactly. you can't, but they're not. But maybe in my lifetime, he hasn't made anything that is right. But like generationally yeah. defining. Right, people like there's no one who like is like I grew up on Tintin, right? Which is like or him, War him, of the Worlds, yeah, like. For that. No. Or I mean, Crystal Skull just didn't do anything. But well, that's right. the closest that we. So, I think Crystal yeah. Skull got Crystal Skull. got. Yeah, I think that I yeah. did think I'll speak for myself. Where Crystal Skull at least got me to go back. Like I don't think I would have watched the original mm-hmm. without Crystal Skull because that is that's an interesting one. Certainly. So I do, I do think it probably led some people down that road. But it is. Like, and Bullet is not going to be mm-hmm. that general. Like, no, Bullet is not going to be that. It's gonna be for me. It's I'm Bradley Cooper. It. It's mean, gonna be. Right. Bl- it's gonna be. I'll fi- we'll, we'll find out that it's like eighty minutes or something, and then we'll all be like, "Oh yeah, like it's gonna rock." Like, <laughs> yeah. Bradley, Bradley Cooper <laughs> yeah. said he's gonna. Bradley Cooper is the person. The more where I'm like, I can totally believe he's he's set him saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm a thousand percent gonna be in a Spielberg movie. I'll play Bullet," and then two weeks later being like, "I'm actually making." I'm remaking Reds or whatever the fuck because I really want to be Warren Beatty. Sorry, I'm too busy. What if it was Damien? And then it's like Daniel Craig. No, but what if it was... would be so fucking... I mean, he's so good in Munich, so it's like... Sure. I will shout out the the Bradley Cooper um, maestro 
uh, Spielberg story that he told on Colbert, which I watch over and over, where he, in order, the, the way that he got to direct Maestro was that he showed Spielberg a star is born, and then during the, like, shallow scene, Spielberg got up and, like, walked, and, Sp- and Cooper was like, oh, no, he, this is, like, the moment, and he'd just walk it, and then he comes over and is like, you're fucking directing, my- directing Maestro! Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's a great story, and he tells it pretty well. He, it's, it's a crazy mm-hmm. story, uh, and I think he tells it pretty well. I'll have to watch that. On, yeah, That's cool. He was on yeah. there. Hey, everybody, we're back here with Bradley Cooper. You, you know what a big fan I am of uh, Stars Born, as I said before. And I understand that you're starting, you're, gonna, you. you're gonna start directing your second film. Yeah. Okay. And this is uh, based on Leonard Bernstein called yeah. Maestro. Yes. How did, how did this come about? This, this come is, about? you know, it's a weird thing. I've been so lucky, you know, I, I always thought maybe I could play a, a rock star musician and I got to do a Stars Born. And I've always, when I was eight years old, I asked Santa Claus for a baton because I was obsessed with conducting classical music. Why does an eight year old, why, did I, you play a classical instrument? I mean, I played the upright bass, I played the bass, which, wow, yeah, yeah, by the way. <laughs> I mean, wow, wow. Did you want to conduct? Uh, yes, oh yes, I was obsessed with it. I spent hundreds of hours uh, uh, when I was, I'm not kidding, like I really, you know, you put your 10,000 hours in for something you never do. <laughs> I did it for conducting. And, just uh, pretend conducting. Just, yeah, I was, I, I don't know, I just, there was something. I think it was probably, you know, remember Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry? You know, I think it was sure, that. Sure, like, I honestly think it was, yeah, yeah. And that was also the upright face. Remember, ain't you, ain't you, ain't you, ain't you, ain't you, ain't my baby? Remember that cat does that in the cartoon? Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, I was a big Tom and Jerry fan. Um, and so, uh, Steven Spielberg knew that. And he, he said, yeah, he happened to know that I was, had this obsession with conducting. Like in grad school, I created, you know, you do like yeah. a thing. I, I went to, uh, did like an MFA and yeah. you create a character and I created a conductor and then mm-hmm. wrote a monologue. So it was really something that was always inside me. Mm-hmm. So he said, uh, there's this project called Maestro. I might direct. He might direct. He might at that time. And uh, would you read it to maybe play the guy? And I didn't know anything about Leonard Bernstein. I read it and I said, well, you know, I just wrote and directed uh, this movie and that's really all I want to do. Um, are you really going to direct this? And he said, I'm probably not going <laughs> to. I said, mm-hmm. well, can I show you uh, A Star is Born? I'm just in the middle of coloring it. And, and, it would you, and then if you like it, could I research Leonard Bernstein and figure out what the story could be? And so <clears throat> he came to this. was amazing, like, I'll never forget this, Stephen. He came, and I'm, we're sitting there, and I'm showing him A Star is Born. And he's all the way on the other side uh, in the front row of like, this coloring, a pretty huge screen. And it's the scene where uh, Jackson calls Allie up on the stage. Like the whole thing, sure. you know, it's the pretty, like the biggest scene in the movie, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sitting there, and right as she, like, just is going on the stage, he gets up, and I thought, oh, he's going to the bathroom now? And I was like, that's it, it's over. Like, if he's going to the bathroom at this point in the movie, <laughs> where it's all literally, like, it starts, there's like a drum beat that starts when she quits her job, all the way, and he, like, gets up, he walks over, and I just am putting my head down, and I, put my head down, and next thing you know, I like feel his face here, and he goes, and he says, because it's loud, because the guitar, he's going, you're <laughs> directing Maestro. And then he sat back down. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing moment. It was amazing. amazing yeah. Now, I was say, the, uh, the other thing about Bullet is that, like, famously, there's a lot of different levels of just, like, how faithful to, like, that character which is kind of based on a real person 
which is kind of mm. based on like a lot of things. So it's obviously like people know Bullet, but also Dirty Harry is basically based on the same guy, and also Mark Ruffalo and Zodiac is also the same guy. So it's like that's you right. can make Bullet yeah. in a way that is more like detectivey than like car chases. Sure. And, and then it, you run into the issue if it's like that. If that still stands, it's like you can make a detective movie, crime movie, and just not call it sure. Bullet. Yeah. I guess if like you run into this. If I if Steven Spielberg came to me and said, "Andy, what should I do?" I think I would say number one priority for him should be getting uh, Tony Kushner an Oscar at this point, just because it's been it's been so rude. Yeah. There's been yeah. like two or three where it's like, "Come on, this is like." I mean, right I mean the interesting about that is like, cause was Kushner gonna write the Pope movie? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. The interesting thing is, yeah. I you saw I, the Pope in, movie, right? The, the yeah, yeah. At, at Cannes. Uh, it was R- Rylance that was going to be the, yeah. one of the popes. At Cannes, uh, mm-hmm. by a how Marvel many popes Bologna. are there this time, and how old are they? It's just one pope the and one, a young child, right? Yes, one pope and a young child. Marco, it, it, that was like a famous script that uh, about this real life story that Spielberg was going to direct for a long time. And they couldn't and he find was like, a kid. I, I couldn't find the right kid mm-hmm. to play it. About like the Pope kidnapping a kid and like keeping it in his. And then, like, uh, Marco Bellocchio this year at Cannes put out a movie that is that story, but he made it. And that would have oh, been such a fascinating movie for Spielberg to make because that, that movie mm-hmm. gets into so many thorny things about, like, right. religion and the papacy. I would, yeah. It would have been interesting to see that. I, it's like That's, like, a weird one where With I'm like... With a Kushner I don't screenplay, know, I, that's, like, there's a lot yeah. going on there. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm like, I don't know if... I don't know if he has almost has the nerve to make that tough a movie but maybe that did. almost sounds like a more of a scorsese movie. yeah it's very scorsese. I, mean, yeah. yeah I can see i can see like this the kushner spielberg angle because it has some like courtroom drama e elements to it but that's that's like a bit of it and not the whole thing sure. so that is also the marco bellocchio conception of it maybe they would have made it into more more of that wouldn't it be funny if they if Spielberg got Damian Lewis to play Steve the Steve, like Bullet because he played Steve McQueen in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Funny. funny is an interesting word for what that would be. I guess now that I'm thinking of the pro- I guess there's maybe more reporting around this project. Not it sort of makes more sense for for that to have been like Bradley Cooper to be like I want to make Bullet and then he shows right, up Steven right, Spielberg right. And Steven Spielberg right. would be like, you know what? That sounds fun. Maybe I will do that. Yeah. I also like... Because yeah. Bullet is... It's the, like a, the miss... Yeah. Bullet is like a movie star movie. Nobody knows who directed Bullet. Mm. Right. Everybody knows Steve right. McQueen is Bullet. So I, I guess, guess it would have to be Craig, basically. I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I would say mm. on the skeptical side of like that, that will be Spielberg's next movie. I feel like he is in a more yeah. in an in I don't know place than... Then not probably. He's not getting any yeah. younger, so let's yeah. let's keep it pushing, Stephen. Crank those out. You <laughs> see how Clint's well, doing? His, his fucking parents live to like a hundred and two or whatever. Like, yeah, I know. So, seriously, they just passed. Yeah. Yeah, like, he was telling a story about his dad in like British right. Spies. Yeah. you know. I just like find that, it yeah. funny um, thinking that you look at what Clint does at like ninety, and you're just like, what excuse do I have? Yeah, seriously, and like Ridley as well. I mean, I'll respect uh, the Napoleon, Napoleon Clint Eastwood, who some movie he has some movies I really love. He 
he has the directorial style of a 90-year-old man. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. He's not, like, playing zooms with the camera. No, not a lot of yeah. zooms uh, in a clean story. Not doing, like, Gaspar No Way, uh, like, reverse yeah. 180 shots. Like, he... He's a very yeah, August yeah, yeah. filmmaker, which is what what people are like. Do we have do we have thoughts on the score? Because I right. I like one, it. I understand five, if people label it as sleepy. Scores, right, there's five non-Williams scores. I think. Ooh, um, who is it? One, one, of the, one of the five. No, it's Newman. No, it's Thomas Newman. You, did you um, hear all that clarinet yeah. in there? It's Thomas Newman. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I will um, say I, Newman. I do have a good friend. Who, or is oboe? It's who, more oboe than clarinet. I, I, I did have a good friend who watched this movie, rewatched the movie recently, and was like, "This is a good movie. I fucking hate the score." So I was, I can I see how someone would hate it. It's sappy. I was, I was watching the movie yeah. expecting to hate it, and I was like, "It's what the movie's doing. Like if if yeah. the movie yeah. was if it's the movie was less sappy, if the movie was sort of operating on a more terse degree, and that was the score, I think I would hate it. But it's like it's very <laughs> schmaltzy, so it's like it's hard to say it's, yeah, th- it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. fitting. Yeah." So, so yeah, it's this. It's Ready Player One. Uh, Who does Ready Player Sylvester. One? Giacchino. Oh damn it! I, He's I never worked with Giacchino. I really? Sylvester score. I'm, I guess I'll all out myself as I think the one person on this call who kind of likes Ready. I Player like Ready Player one. one just fine. I think it's a perfectly <laughs> fine, fun time. It's exhausting. I caught I caught a little bit of it on TV the other day. That Shining sequence rips. I think. I like the shiny sequence a lot. Sure. It's a it's a big ask of a movie. I I have to be like there, th- convinced there, like what. It's there's some people for. who love it. I don't know. I don't love it. I can certainly see a lot of its <laughs> flaws, but there is enough very yeah. cool stuff in it that I'm like I kind of liked. Like he, he, that that is for me. That's like the Spielberg magic of like. Does he have a handle on that material? Just like thematically, no. But I do think it is entertaining to watch. So what? what I also I really just think those mm-hmm. characters suck. I think Ben Mendelsohn's I mean, like the only like, like, interesting character. I mean, that, that's like another place where it's like that. Ty Sheridan is where, that's his so power. Bad. That's his power. Where it's like that's a that's a six out of ten movie. But when you consider that's coming out of a zero out of ten book, certainly that book is. Right, yeah, that's not, true. That's 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 a good yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the other ones are um, um, color, yeah, purple, color purple. Color uh, purple. Yeah. Quincy right, Jones Duel, and then I would have guessed Newton. Uh, West Side Story obviously is uh, is has no yeah. new yeah, musical a... material. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh yeah, yeah. ever ever heard this guy? Other uh, than Steven the, uh, Sondheim? The, the Puerto Rican anthem is the, is the new piece of music in yeah. that one. Right. But um, is any? But who conducted the like? Who did the rendition of it? Dudamel directed it or conducted it. I never I never even seen the original. Uh, that talk about a film. Did you see the new yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, check it out. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> check out the original. I'm, I'm like one of the few people who yeah. wasn't a thousand percent sold on the Spielberg one. I think it's really good, but it, I sort of mm-hmm. watched that entire movie being like, but the original though. I love. <laughs> I, I think both are. I think both I'm are really so happy. We have both. Um, yeah, but that's <laughs> that's sort of my thing with like with like Bullet, like Fablemans and West Side Story, like. They're like in top ten Spielberg for me. Like I think they're really mm-hmm. great. And whatever he does next, I just know it's he's just really he's really cooking right now. He's on a hot streak. Yeah. That's my just all I ask is do not do a ready player one or BFG. 
It's my only yeah, ask. It is the point where it's like just like he needs to give up the ghost of ET. He's like, you're not gonna yes, make ET right. again. Yes, you, right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make you're another not, Raiders that, so. if you have that in you. Make don't yeah, no more ET, no more and you know, Jurassic Park maybe, but it just like in that in Bullet it's just like I don't know. Do yeah, do an I action. Think Bullet movie. I mean Bullet is like small scale action, which I think is yeah. like Well the, I know, but yeah. it's small scale and it's, it's like also lots like of car chases. Bullet, you know, that's a movie. It's obviously like anything like Bullet is gonna be a little like for teen for teen boys, but it is mostly for adults, which I think is sort of. Mm-hmm. I think he's past the point of making a thing that's just like I'm gonna four quadrant it up. Like, I'm gonna four quadrant. Like kids are gonna love it, teens are gonna love it, adults are gonna love it. Yeah, I think he's sort of past that point. He, and he can still he's an do old that with sci-fi. Make... I mean, look at War of Worlds and Minority Which, Report. I mean, that isn't, those aren't children movies. Like, you can do yeah. something gritty. Like, I, I wouldn't, I would love if he yeah, got back gritty. to that shit too. Right. Because I mean, I is, mean, I love guess, Minority Report. That so movie is so yeah. fucking good. It's I love I, 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 I high key love, I mean, I can't, I can't stand by that run because I haven't seen The Terminal, but it's like, like a Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report. The, those like like War of the World that ru- the early two thousand the two thousands right maybe the, my the, favorite the the nine yeah. eleven so reactions post nine eleven Spielberg is just like so <laughs> yeah. like War, War of the yeah. World is maybe the most upsetting blockbuster of all time that movie is so upsetting it's incredible it's incredible it's so I mean, it's incredible that, that I mean it is like yeah sure like more that more yeah. than like World Trade Center yeah. or whatever that is somebody being like. Yeah. I'm going to put 9-11 in, on camera and we're all going to reckon with what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it, the, it, like, it is interesting thinking, like, oh, he's probably not going to do four quarters. Because, like, it clearly, he clearly really does still care about how his movies are released and how they are received and all that sort of thing. Like, you know, he really gave it a shot with Fablemans, I think. Like, he was at TIFF. Emilio, you saw him, right? Because you saw them screening with the yeah. press conference, right? Yeah, I saw the screening and, like, with the press conference. He like, was, like, very years. moved by the response. At t- like, visibly very moved, I feel like, by the response. At it t- was his first right, tip, of course. Also. Yes. Yeah, he's not, yeah. I mean, he's not really yeah. a festival. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess sometimes yeah. he'll play in New York or whatever. But, like, yeah. Um, and then, like, he, like, did, like, he was on Colbert and stuff. Like, he was doing the rounds for the Fablemans and, like, on... He was mm-hmm. on. He was on Fresh Air. Like he was really like getting out there for that mm-hmm. movie. Um, Great yeah. Fresh Air. And like I, I don't know. I think it's really interesting how much he does still clearly care about reaching a wide number of people. If even if he is perhaps like realizing like, well, I need to focus on like a slightly narrower band of people than like the four quadrant stuff. And, and, yeah. yeah. And, and and West Side Story being the follow up from Ready Player One sort of right. signals like well, okay, and all, yeah. Like, you almost like well, needed I to. I think like there's a, in his mind there's a world where West High Story is like a four quadrant hit. You know, like the I search like, like they were sur- it. right. Yeah. There was a lot. It, like they positioned it. Yes, and then it just yeah. didn't do well. And it, I think right, that's yeah. I think it, right. It came out at like yeah. exactly like I mean you know they like punted it. Uh, they punted Pandemic it a whole year. Banned. Like they did do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and then like yeah. it was like a very early back to theaters movie that like before it was before Maverick. Yeah. So the adults weren't coming back yet, yes. right? That was the issue. Yeah. But was that um, movie ever going to really do war- well? I, think like, it I don't know. Have we I moved on co- from that kind of movie? I think it could have done decently. I think it could have done. In the Heights also didn't do well, right. and I guess. In the Heights, that, in the Heights was even more insane. pandemic of just like that. Right. That's just like. Yeah, that was like a HBO die. Max dual release kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. a world where West Side Story like makes its money back and is like a decent Oscar contender. I think there was, I'm 
kind of on the side of just like I don't think there's a world where that's like a three hundred million dollar movie that like the kids in the street are like West Side Story. We love it. I think that is right. Almost a, yeah, sure. A it's just kind of dumb. But yeah, but I mean, it, like yeah. with Bridge of Spies, I guess we haven't really talked. Like it, like it did. Like it was one of those like it just stays in the top five for like three months time yeah. kind of it movies, had legs, definitely. right where like it does decently mm-hmm. and then it just plays to dads who don't care about release dates yeah sort of Th- that's the hit on it movies. it's just Dad like movies. people don't e- people don't even like argue that it didn't make money but people are just like oh yeah that movie swept with old people right it's just like yeah th- and that's sort of like i don't think he wants that to be his audience but it does seem like that is just where he is now yeah old Which people is- and a 15 year old clay celebrating his birthday and that was that was that was that was his audience. Okay, I mean, it was me was and a bunch of geese. I was out was there it. too. I mean, yeah, I ha- I haven't missed one in theaters <laughs> since. Um, I guess since Lincoln. I'm ashamed of myself oh. for not seeing Fablemans in theaters. It was just at a bad time. I'm like ashamed of myself. Yeah. I mean, I would not. It did not play that much near me. I only saw it because I was like at. The TIFF screening where, where, like, Steven Spielberg was talking or whatever. Humble <laughs> brag. It's like, yeah. Listen, brag. that's the just, only just reason. A brag. Just a brag. Just a straight on brag. brag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no humility. Yeah. Uh, I skipped Ready Player One and BFG in theaters. Aren't you smart? But, um, I saw yeah. Ready Player One in theaters. Did I see Tintin in th- I probably saw Tintin in theaters. I liked Ready Player One initially when I saw it. I just... I don't know. I think it's almost the how the how. There's definitely people out there who would like choose it to be like I. Have, well, it's like it's just it. become I, how our culture has become so '80s obsessed. I think that might be is just sure. also a reason yeah. why I'm just so. And that was like the certainly, certainly I would never want to meet that. anyone who that was their favorite Spielberg movie. But like I do, yeah. I right. do like that. Yeah. <laughs> but certainly. there's so many interesting, especially so many, their favorite 2010 Spielberg. There's so many interesting things because it's like. The thing about Ready Player One is that it, like, almost has a take on that. It, like, almost has a take right. on, on, like, how being 80s obsessed is, like, poison. Mm-hmm. But then it just, like, doesn't do it, really. I think Rylance does bring a lot of that to that performance. Yeah. But, you know. Yes. I think that's, like, one of those situations where, like, right. I think that is the sort of whenever I have problem with Spielberg, with with, like, my minor problems with... West Side Story and Fablemans and even Bridge of Spies and then a movie like like Ready Player One that I think that, that like early 2000s run didn't have is that I think right now he's in a mode where he's very good at making things entertaining and like even Fablemans is sort of about that where he's like so obsessed with making things entertaining that he's like sometimes struggles to capture like interesting nuances about things where it's mm-hmm. like if you just like lock the camera down and we're willing to be like tougher about certain things you would maybe get like more thematically interesting thing but instead you want to do the mm-hmm. thing that's like more entertaining and zippy which is like fine with me because not enough people are making zippy and en- entertaining movies but i do feel that sometimes sure and that and i and then that's that's where i think uh Fableman's succeeds where it does like strike that balance of being zippy and light on its feet but then, like, does does have moments of like drawing these characters to be like someone that they don't even realize, and like where it comes to certain moments, like 
yeah, it's it's very in, intriguing because, um, it's yeah, it's just not as um, interrogating as you would as you would initially suspect, which is which is really great to see as like a movie at this point in his career as well. Um, should we get to favorite scene? Mm-hmm. Favorite scene. This is. This is when we talk about our favorite scene from Bridges Spies and how we end the show. I'll say, I'll say, yeah, I'll say the scene with the kids who mug him. I think that scene is like, <laughs> I think that scene is like very, it's, it's very well written. It sort of mm-hmm. captures a an interesting like political dynamic just through like switching languages and switching like. Uh, and just switching syntax and different things. And it's not certainly the flashiest shot scene in the movie, but it, it is like a feat of writing. And I think uh, the performances are in it that are in it are very good, including just those kids, I think, are tremendous. And just that like, one little scene, which is like sort of the feat of Spielberg of being able to pull that level of performance out of just like random kids. So I'll say that. There is another scene that I was thinking of, of saying just like the opposite of it, which is, uh, I don't know. I don't think y'all will say this. I'll just throw it in, which is like when they're explaining the plane mission to the, all the pilots mm. what, and just how many crazy shots with just like the shift in blocking there are in that when they're just like, mm. oh, look at that thing on the ground. And then they're just huddled on the ground and then the camera slightly moves and then there's another person talking. And but everything is perfectly in frame. It's just like an insanely impressive piece of directing. So we apologize if this offends. Aber ich würde auch echt gerne so einen tollen Mantel haben. Äh, Code? Kann ich den mal, an, kann ich den mal anziehen? Du sollst den Mantel ausziehen, dann möchte ich ihn ja mal anprobieren. <lacht> Dieter, gib den auch zurück, versprochen. Wir können uns das Geld aus deiner Brieftasche leihen. Oder du gibst uns den Mantel. Das kostet dich nichts. Gute den Lenden. Wo das ist. Oh. Und wir sind quitt. Du gehst geradeaus, dann rechts, rechts. und die zweite links.
the scene before it, like, um, like with the Gary Powers, uh, like the test. Oh, the polygraph. Like that's that's also really good. That just we forgot to shut that yeah, polygraph. Yeah, that was we forgot to. Uh, another talk about interesting that. thing about that coat scene is, um, it has a new connotation ap- like after because there's a moment where the KGB like director or whatever said like you know he's talking about the coat and he's like lost or whatever and he's like well what do you expect from a coat from like Fifth Avenue or whatever you got it from Sex with that. In in that kind of like kind of dick measuring contest like we're always watching you mm-hmm. we are all powerful mm-hmm. and also you almost, and then you think about oh wait were those teens like were they really like were they just regular teens who then just gave the coat to the russians the russians know about that coat beforehand did they were they russian agents all those kind of different things it, it adds a little bit it adds that kind of paranoia and like this place is really fucking weird kind of vibes yeah um like east germany is a trip um my i think do you have one uh do you have one um i you know i i have a few that like jumped to mind i'm sort of tempted to say that like the big rylance Deutsche music scene that is like a classic like supporting actor clip where it like sort of slowly absolutely Mm -hmm. um but i i weirdly also want to say another like classic like oh they'll play this in the oscar montage scene which is him uh giving arguing before the supreme court damn it is like uh, if you want to take it i i can come up no, with another one, no but, no no uh, i think that's even, no 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 you sure. got it first you i got think it it's first. weirdly like really moving and meaningful and like well written and interesting and like he's wearing like the weird outfit you have to wear when you argue before the supreme court and all that sort like there's like the weird suit that you're that you're supposed to wear if you're arguing before the supreme court that sort of thing i don't know i think it like obviously it is like being like this is the thematic idea of this movie sort of like obviousness but i think spielberg does that better than almost anyone else in in the world like of like is able to shoot a i'm going to state the moral or whatever scene with like flair and like great acting and and just lots of interest Mm mm-hmm Chief Justice, may it please the court. The Cold War is not just a phrase, Your Honor. It's not just a figure of speech. Truly, a battle is being fought between two competing views of the world. I contend that Rudolf Ivanovich Abel, Colonel Abel, as he was called even by the men who arrested him, is our foe in that battle. Auxiliary power connected and on. Oxygen seat pack supply. Supply at 1,800 PSI. Inverter. On, light out. He was treated as a combatant in that war until it no longer suited our government to so treat him. Accordingly, he was not given the protections we give our own citizens. He was subjected to treatment that, however appropriate for a suspected enemy, was not appropriate to a suspected criminal. Fuel transfer. Transfer switch off. Destructor. Instructor safety. Bomb data card. Installed in aircraft.
I know this man. If the charge is true, he serves a foreign power, but he serves it faithfully. If he is a soldier in the opposing army, he is a good soldier. He has not fled the field of battle to save himself. He has refused to serve his captor. He has refused to betray his cause. He has refused to take the coward's way out. The coward must abandon his dignity before he abandons the field of battle. That Rudolf Abel will never do. Shouldn't we, by giving him the full benefit of the rights that define our system of government, show this man who we are? Are you still thinking? Well, this is not my favorite. I have this mine. is not my favorite scene, but something to kind of jump off of that—that that kind of like how he can make something that's supposedly mundane or not exciting, like the most, like like an epic. Um, I think when the Russian court is reading the charges for Gary Powers, um, and like mm. that zoom out and showing how vast it is, and like the—I think the sound design is also so great in this film. I mean, just the sh like hearing a car door shut from like all the way across the bridge i don't know it was that's kind of like effective but like yeah that how that voice echoes and how that microphone projects it in that kind of bit like also muffles it in a way it makes it sound and obviously it's a little like the scary russians you know there's like a little kremlin music in the background or whatever and it's just like oh <laughs> they're doing their stuff um it's like there's a little bit of that but it's also just a really impressive way to film that film that and also i think the kid who plays powers is pretty powerful in that scene looking basically lifeless yeah. um i i almost also want to say the torture stuff or the supposed torture stuff like i think he uses the editing is so well done in that um in that sequence and also when he like when they plop down in that chair and they turn on the lights and the way faces come in there and kind of like terrify him and ask him all these very specific questions it's like really effective um and just how met like almost how just like the environment makes them menacing not necessarily their voices it's not like they have the scariest voices ever but just yeah how they peer into it and they peer into asking him questions and the intensity of like, what was this? What was that? How did they do this? And all the, like, complex jargon that he obviously has no idea what they mean. Um, I know I just took two. I guess I'll just... Let me just take one more because I'm a greedy bastard. Um, I think okay. the initial uh, introduction of Hanks is so clever. And it's mm -hmm. so good. Oh, you uh, son uh, of a bitch. Did that take your... That was uh, so... Yeah, it's, it's cute. Yeah. You had to do one more, Yeah, didn't I really you? did. Yeah. Um, because no, it's just That's it really great. it's a perfect character introduction the way it like cuts to him it really yeah it's and it phenomenal. shows him already like mid conversation and him just cool as a cucumber he's just like mm -hmm. oh he's so good and i want to take one more but i will let jack go first and then i'll shout out another <laughs> all right scene. i have one little i have one it's line just... i want to shout out to but you go first <laughs> okay he's not my guy yes he's your guy who are we talking about we are talking about a guy who was insured by my client. So don't make him my guy. Okay, fine. My point is, he, the guy insured by your client, he doesn't deny that any of these things happened. These, these things? Yes, these five things. Wait, hold it, hold it, hold it. Not five things, one thing. Clearly, it's five things. Well, I'm sorry, it's not clear to me. Five things? Explain it to me. It's self-evident. 
Okay, then tell me what happened. Tell me the story in a way that makes sense for five things. Fine, absolutely. Your guy. Not my guy. Insured by guy my client. Insured by your client. Is driving down State Highway 19 when he loses control of his car and hits my five guys. The five guys who hired me to represent them because you're not honoring your claim. You mean my client is not honoring the claim? <laughs> the insurance company? Mr. Donovan, we're all clear on who's who here. Except my client honors every claim. They do, Mr. Bates. Every single legitimate claim up to the limit of their liability, which is $100,000 per accident in the case of this man's policy. And this is one claim. According to your description, he hit my five guys. The guy insured by my client had one accident, one, 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 losing control of the car and hitting five motorcyclists. From their point of view, five things happened. Well, look, Bob, may I? Bob? Jim. If I go bowling and I throw a strike, one thing happened. Ten things didn't happen. Jim, my guys aren't bowling pins, as much as your guy may have treated themselves. If, let my, me finish, my... let me finish. If your house is insured, for $100,000 and a tornado carries it away, it carried away one house. It didn't pick up every stick of furniture and destroy it in a separate incident. If that is what you're saying, well, then there is never any limit to our liability and that is the end of the insurance business. And then, Bob, nobody is safe. Uh, it's, a, it's a movie, it's a great movie with great scenes. Um, and and yeah, like like we said before, the uh, character introduction with Hanks in the post is as well just really masterful. Um, I, I'm trying. To, I try to think of scenes that we just haven't discussed that much. Um, I, I love again, not my pick, but I love the um, the phone call to Amy Ryan, and he's like, "The fishing's going yes. great." <laughs> well, right, and he's like, "Well, well, that." Well, well, if we don't get if we don't get either of them, then I really have fucked this up. Hi, honey. Like it's so funny. <laughs> honey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They use those two. Fucks it's a great really bit of comedy. Yeah, it's yeah. a great. It's a great. It's yeah, a great yes, PG-13 yes, fucks, yes. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, the I have to do the American breakfast sure. scene. Oh, so yeah, good. it's it's really great. It's um. Wants to talk to me, huh? The the one of the most. I, I just love it for being one of the most Coen Brothers uh, punch-ups, like blatant situational comedy, like well well performed. I, I, like the timing of the waitresses, like plop plop plop, and all the like, great sound design yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Just right. like yeah. How and the whole that, breakfast is on screen for all there. of like half of a second. Like it's not really yeah. on the, but like you Absol- get it exactly. You totally exactly. get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, like who knew? Like Spielberg and the Coens I mean, would be such a great, you know. Yeah, I'll <coughs> start with some coffee, please, and then I'll have the Hilton combo and the American breakfast. Both breakfast. Yeah, yeah. One first or? Both first, both, whenever they're ready. And coffee. <laughs> you shouldn't be here. Sometimes in Germany, you just want a big American breakfast. 
What happened? Where were you last night? Vogel arranged for me to spend some time in the East. Oh, Jesus. Frankly, it's not that much worse than where you have me here in the West. So the Russians are fine with the exchange. But now Vogel is saying that the East Germans won't do it. We're not going to get prior. Great. Good. So the Soviets are set. We get powers. We get powers. Well done. No, the East Germans won't do it. We won't get prior. And look, that kid matters. Every person matters. Well, sure, that's why you tried. That's why, that's why you tried. Abel's on his way, so we're all set for tomorrow morning. Wait a minute. Makes things simple. Makes things simple. We are not getting kid. Yeah, I understand. We're set. We can ignore the message we got this morning. What message? From the East Germans. They called the number I gave you. They said they wanted to speak to you today. Vogel call? No, um, office of uh, Harold Ott, East German Attorney General. Wanting what? What does he want? Well, to talk to you, but <laughs> it's okay. I can't ask you to go back there and listen. You seem to be persona non grata to some elements, so we won't push our luck. So he wants to see me. What time? Oh, no, no, no. Now, listen, you, 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 you don't need to go. In fact, you shouldn't go. In fact, you can't go. We're set with the Soviets. We don't want to screw it up. I'm not going to screw it up. You're not going. Oh. Don't be a pain in the ass. I ordered. Enjoy your big American breakfast. I thought it should be negotiated at the highest level as a courtesy to you. I thank you, sir. I don't know how things became so confused. Well, I guess sometimes they just do. Thematic, like a sensibility. Um, yeah. The one other little thing I want to shout out is like the titular scene on the Bridge of Spies, uh, the line where where. Um, we, right. we haven't really talked about that much, but it's a very well done scene. Right. Uh, yeah. When yeah. Um, yeah. great cross When Hanks says, "I want him." Yeah. When Abel, like Abel, is like, "Do you want this guy?" And Hanks is like, "I want him." And like, is like choke like that li line delivery like moves me to tears. Like I think it like it really does is like yeah. a perfect summing up of the character as we approach the end of the. I movie. can wait. And of course, like yeah, yeah, it shows the Donov that Donovan's resiliency that he's like, no, we have to wait for Pryor. Yeah. Like, it's still, like, not right. bargaining. I, yeah, I mean, and, yeah. I didn't mention the opening, because it seemed obvious to me. But right. the opening right, was right, the best, right. one of the better things, feel free to direct. But he's, I think he's, he's, he's really good at openings, though. Like, mm. obviously, Jaws is, like, one yeah, of the great right. openings. Raiders. <laughs> yeah, Raiders. Saving Private Ryan, ever heard of it? Yeah. I think with yeah. Rylance, I actually think silence is almost more with him, or the less talking, because he's such a powerful like actor and like in like in very quiet scenes and, and almost in silence like i think him in that opening is fantastic maybe the best maybe the best acting he's done in that movie and that's saying right. a lot him because... adju adjusting the leg and then reaching down to like feel for the coin and like it takes him a few seconds to like find the coin mm. when he ru when he runs back into the and he just like he comes out out of the, out of the subway stairs and mm -hmm. just like they, they think they lost him and he just pops up again and he's just like very inconspicuous. Yeah, great. He's a, and obviously he made them. Like I think that's also like a fun like thing you kind of think of a little more. It's like oh he did that to let them to let them know that he knew like they were there. Like he's not that wasn't an accident. He wanted to basically say I see you. You don't have to tell me anymore. I know. I like I can lose you in a second. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the scene I wanted to shout out was with the introduction oh. or like the the conversation between the the first conversation between Agent Hoffman and um, and Donovan, where he's like, "We're not having this conversation." Mm-hmm. Of course, I know we're not having this yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, we're really not having this conversation. <laughs> Here, memorize this and card. No, and now. It, you know his spiel about what makes us American. It, it it's a little it's a little much um but i think it's also that idea that it's not necessarily even something that i don't even know if the movie is like totally like, that's but that's what the character believes and that's his like that's mm-hmm. what he is standing for that is his thing that's his he is obsessed with that rule book because he thinks that rule book matters and that's why he likes his job and that's why he's good at it um and that kind of emphasis and passion behind that while also saying i the also the amazing line of don't smug don't look was it don't look smug you son of a bitch and how like scott mm-hmm. shepherd's face like drops because that idea because he because you know you've had that conversation where you're kind of like telling someone off and they're condescendingly like yeah of course of course of course you're just like Shh, just take that grin off your face you know what i'm saying this is not something to please you or i'm not just giving you my dissertation to you know interest you i'm telling you what i fucking believe so why so that's so that's just a and how he walks out and just grabs a few nuts it's like you don't have to worry about me if you let me do my job and just walks out like so confident and so cool like this is some of like maybe the cool almost even though he's a little like yeah like he's still like the grant like the grandfather of america or whatever in this a little bit he's still like really cool i don't know if that makes any sense just with how which is which is interesting because that coolness just comes from the comics. Exactly, and also the it's it's not the, like uh, um, the uh, what's the, the yeah. him being good, like him being good at his mm-hmm. job. Yeah, the competence. Yeah, he doesn't have to be hip, but yeah, how capable and competent. Yeah, he is. no, I, it's interesting how that works. But um, yeah, really, really cool to look back on this one as like something that was taken for granted but still did well um andy emilio thank you guys for thank you for having us thank you for having us i had a lot of fun so so fun it's so fun to have you wonderful excuse to revisit the movie of course like yeah yeah Yeah, no yeah same here yeah um that's that that yeah that's like a part of doing this that we really love it's like huh like you know people's choices can can be so varied we're like this is great to revisit no matter what you thought of it uh where can everybody find you guys what do you guys have coming up? And this will come out this week, Great. which uh, um, I know, like it's in the you know festivals. Yes, are festivals happening. are happening right now. TIFF. Certainly, yeah, we yeah, will at, yeah. by the end of this week. Emilio and I will be at TIFF. Um, we have yeah. uh, releasing this coming Friday as we record. Um, we is like a fun little episode where. It's a little, uh, not a grab bag. I, 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 Was it the episode you recorded yes. today? I don't know why anyone would ever say it yeah, would be a nice, grab bag because nice. it's not a grab bag. But it's, uh, we, you know, we watch, we, we, we usually at this time of year, we watch some trailers. So we do that live. Um, we played a game. We talked some news. We got existential. Festival we got, was very yeah. fun. Uh, we got um, we got uh, existential about uh, the state of uh, the Berlin Film Festival and the world of film festivals in general. Um, so that's that. That'll be out this week, and then live on the ground coverage from TIFF uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, like recently we had uh, David Sims of like check on to do um, uh, one of our our juries, which is sort of our like our signature episodes that we would probably do more often if they weren't so much darn work to to, to do. 
Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, But that one is a lot of fun, uh, I think. And, you know, Mm -hmm. a a very extensive archive of both uh, timely episode of festival coverage and also just some more generic stuff that is is fun at any time, I would say. Emilio, anything I'm missing? Yeah. I'll state it for the record. If you want to know what's good at the Toronto Film Festival, our podcast is the only place you can trust. Everybody else is either a paid hack or has festival (laughs) derangement syndrome. That's right. We... We are the only trusted source for film festival coverage, mm-hmm. so you need to come to us. That's right. Yes, it's Can I'm, I Kick It on what on on uh, whatever podcasting platform you like. Yeah. Um, I think except we're not on like Amazon, but who uses Amazon for podcasts? Um, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I got an email once that was like, "Do you want to join Amazon Music?" And it's like, right. I don't know, do I? Uh, I think we got that same email. <laughs> Uh, and a few episodes aren't on Spotify yeah. because we used to sometimes use music and then they pulled them. Uh, but you know, all the all the archives are available somewhere. Uh, is there, do we have anything else to plug specifically? I, mean, I don't think so, right? Uh, no. You know, follow us on yeah whatever platform. I'm Andy T Germ on most social media platforms, including Letterboxd and uh, Twitter and Blue Sky, which I guess are the main I'm... ones these days. I laugh alone on Letterboxd, and that is where you should follow me. Mm-hmm. There's a link to my Twitter there. You can follow me from there because I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where you can follow us. That's it. Very exciting about the dispatches. Um, and if nothing else, like you guys have the best uh, intro music of any podcast in my I, rotation. I mean, that is Shouts sort of like. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Our funny are like almost damning with freight praise is that every anybody we ever tell about the podcast what they the first thing they say that they say is great name, great for, name a for a podcast which people certainly yeah, if yeah. i'm the one telling them that then i have to be like uh there's some things you should know about me <laughs> just that uh i learned about the song from doing the podcast so oh wow <laughs> that's very yeah, funny yeah, yeah. That i'm very sense. uncool yeah um yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah kick it yeah. Yeah, and, yeah um, and people like the theme song also, which is not yeah, yeah, had yeah. anything to do with except for I found a guy on a Discord once who <laughs> sure, made music, yes. <laughs> who I now have yeah. no contact with. So if I ever right. wanted to make edits to it, I have no idea how that would even. Yeah, happen. we don't know if he's alive or dead <laughs> or, or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Did given you to you. Kill yeah. him? No. Um, had, I'm just not on the Discord this person is uh, in anymore, so I have no yeah. method of contact. <laughs> I have had them. no contact with this person whatsoever. So, yeah. I just love how you're like, oh, we don't know if they're dead. Clean alibi. Like, Clean alibi on my part. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I, I proudly take credit for No questions. Yeah, I probably take credit for anything aesthetic with the podcast. If you like the name, logo, or song, <sighs> that was yeah. mostly due to me. I mean, it was our Any of the middle, co- many of the content of the podcast, I will not take credit for. Sure. Yeah, you guys all have your lane. Aren't you oh. humble? Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper and on Letterboxd, Jack of Draper 7, on Instagram, Jack H. Draper. And this movie is available. Where did I watch it? I watched it on Showtime. Oh, I guess? just own it digitally. So I, I own it digitally as you well because I got the Blu ray. Nice. Oh, okay, yeah. Rent nice, nice. Amazon? Very cool. Oh, yeah, we got some variety here uh i think i already announced it but scheduling changed and now next episode officially is our born duology the born legacy and jason the born those are the only ones that came out in the 2010s uh 
That's really funny. That's it. Unfortunately, That's all we got. <laughs> I there's some some bangers. I've never seen either of them. Uh, the Foreign Legacy. I think kinda, I've only you know, seen. They're, they're kind of good. I I, I kind of yeah. You know, I kind of like react to all of them the same. I guess I don't really. Have I think I've only seen Identity. Either. All of them? All four or five? You think all five are on yeah, the same level? No. Yeah. Kinda. I don't know. They just kind of like bleed to, together. But wow, I um, completely I like the fr- I, like Identity is like that. number one. Well, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have, like, an opinion. I, Wait, I Andy, have hard opinions. But I like number one. Andy, you've never I know. seen. I, I know. It'll just give me a long. Are you a greengrass guy? I shouldn't I you? mean, I love Captain Should... Phillips. Uh, I've all, I've never seen United 93, which I probably would also like. But that. What's like, the one he made sell. about the shooting? Um, yeah. Uh, 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 July, July. 22 July. Which, I, which July. I saw at TIFF. Uh, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I've I've seen Identity and Supremacy, but I never saw Ultimatum. And I actually was like, I don't like the shaky cam when I saw Supremacy. But uh, you know, we'll we'll oh, fine. we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. I, I, maybe one day I will revisit my opinions on. We'll that get one, into yeah. it. Those first, yeah. I fucking yeah. love those first three. I think, ugh, and those sequels, whatever. Um, everyone follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterbox and Birds of Clay ninety nine on Instagram. You could follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You could send us an email at exiting through the two thousand tens at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on a podcast platform and listen to us on too. We greatly appreciate it. You run up to someone in the middle of the street um, and get a sealer coat and say, Hey, go listen to Exiting Through the Two Thousand Tens, then run away. Um, I don't know, be good to yourselves. Also also say listen to Can I Kick It? Why do you keep adding these I don't want to be associated with Giving them proclamations. I don't want to be associated with crime. Crime? Neither do I. Crime is a strong word. These are the scenarios that are painted at every end of the show. Um, Borrowing without giving it back. So crime is a strong word there. I'm Um, pro-crime. Sure. I'm I'm (laughs) pro-crime when it I think we talked about that at the top of the podcast three hours ago. (laughs) No, we're talking about violence. (laughs) No violence. I don't promote violence here. Right, right, yeah, sure. Actually, I do. I have said so. I end like every episode of that, and I think I have said kick them in the shins at some point, because um, I just think it's a funny thing to do and then run away with. Um, I don't know, guys. Be good to yourself. Stay safe. Love one another. I don't know. God bless America. No, I'm joking. Don't. Stoichi music. We all we all butchered that. Would it? Yeah. Would it help? Yeah, that's actually. You know, that's what I'm gonna say. If you're worried, ask yourself. Would it help? Have a great one, folks. We'll see you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.